0: movies anything really that comes to our mind while we're here sampling these brews grab a drink and pull up a chair <laughs> i don't know that me. maybe Yeah, i don't hear an
3: echo we just uh it just kind of was choppy see how free-flowing this is to them?
4: yes
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hold on. Well, that's I'm, the,
4: I'm with it i'm with
0: it the beautiful uh, world of technology and it obviously like they somebody said earlier technology that retrograde today for some reason (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh,
0: it's crazy because i do still hear echo
5: and i and it was you sounded totally distorted at the beginning now you sound fine
0: huh it must be just the uh the (laughs) 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 warm-up
5: maybe you maybe your voice didn't go
0: high you didn't get a high enough octave in the beginning
3: Mm -hmm. we'll try it again try your music again and see if your music works no it ain't working
0: it ain't working. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that shit ain't working, dog. <laughs> I mean, it, it may work, but episode <laughs> 126 of Rusen Band Podcast. I want to welcome again Jamal Robinson to the show.
2: <clears throat>
0: or, uh, or Jamie, but you can tell us more about <laughs> what Jamie is <laughs> as well. Um, but before we get into it, we always like to know uh, what people are drinking. And so, you, since you are our guest, I would like to know, what are you drinking today?
6: Yeah, uh, so uh, I work for New England Brewing, so I'm a company man. You know, I drink our brews when what I can. And uh, I'm drinking our Galaxy Pale Ale. We just released this uh, this weekend. We only do this a couple times a year, and it's an all-Galaxy hopped pale ale. Okay. Five and a half percent, actually 4.8 uh, percent, super crushable, light. You can see through it. It's a classic kind of West Coast pale ale, you know, none of the, the hazy vibe in here. Mm. Uh, and then yeah, maybe the All
0: Galaxy. Nice. Um, and I am drinking actually. It's Cactus Wactus. I don't know. There's the can right there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there it is Cactus Wactus is from Dewey Birko. It's a seven point five percent. It is a um, imperial pilsner. Uh, uh, there's the uh, the glass right there. I mean, I my seventeen percent drip glass, but that is the color. So it's a nice pilsner. It is. It is see through. Well, like a Pilsner should be, um, and it's a imperial, imperial. So I mean, it the, the ABV is a little higher than you might find other uh, other uh ale. I mean, other pilsners you say pale now other pilsners. Um, but definitely, it is good. I've actually this is my second one because obviously in my can art, it's right right there, sticking up there Well, oh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so I, this is the second one I've I've I've, I've tasted. So I, I know the taste. Um, but I think it's the first time I had it while well, we were actually um, on the podcast. But it, it's a good good beer, so I had to have it here. Uh, and now, why am I
6: shrinking? <laughs> cactus is that made with cactus? Is it like brewed with cactus?
0: I'm not sure why it's called Cactus Wactus. Uh, maybe it is. It doesn't really have, um, have any uh, description on it. It just says Imperial uh, Pilsner. Uh, but now that you say that, I mean, now i got to look in the – <laughs> now I gotta ask him, like, "Hey, Dewey, why why is it called cactus wactus?" I'm assuming that's probably that maybe w- what it is, but where do you get cactus from in Delaware? I don't know. <laughs> it's not like they're. I mean, I guess you can get it imported, but I mean, it yeah, could be. Um, Getting everything online
6: now, right? <laughs> yeah, true,
0: and I, and, I, and I guess that's what they did. So now I gotta ask Dewey what uh, cactus wactus means. Um, I thought they just was a. Uh, no 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 uh, no no tax. Uh let me uh bring uh 302 Yoda up in this uh piece.
6: Yeah, but what's up? What's up Jimmy? <laughs> okay? Jimmy. Oh, whatever, man.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, know, of big
1: names. you know how it is. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Jimmy. <laughs> this is the uh... yo Rob, I see I do see that um your art that you was talking about in the back. Yeah. I like that. that. You did
0: that yourself? Oh man, me and my wife. Yeah, it's yeah, it's ghetto, I mean, it, but it's it, nice. <laughs> it was just it's it 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 beautiful because uh, she was like what are you doing with all these cans i was like uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna hang them somehow so <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, instead of having yeah, just would... seven just be on, on the shelf we wanted it to float a little bit and and, and oh, as good. i uh as it grows i add more so it might just cover the whole wall eventually and i don't oh, sure. i might not That's need that
2: you know right Right. That's, yeah.
0: And maybe maybe oh, people no. like maybe people want to sponsor and get their their beer on the wall. <laughs> you like, oh, you want your beer on the wall for just 9.99? It, like it
5: could
1: <laughs> It sounds like you need to take those beers off then and wait. No. <laughs> no, nah.
0: nah, that was just joke. I wouldn't I, that wouldn't be for that. This is just uh some of the things I've, I've I've drank over the uh time we've been on this podcast and or some things I've haven't been on the podcast. Uh But yeah, this is uh, the first edition of uh, Bruising Brothers, no sure, (laughs) right? Uh, Because I know uh, Lou and uh, Endeavor are on vacation. vacation. I guess you say, yeah, I guess Uh, so. But we want to, we wanted to definitely get, uh, like I said, Jamal on Jammy on the uh, program to talk about. Yeah, don't don't uh, be
1: calling that man by his government.
0: What did say there, Jammy? Well, well, his his IG said Jamal. (laughs) <laughs> that is true. I don't,
6: know. I don't know why it popped up as jammy on here. Just, I don't even, I've never even. Oh, oh you didn't, you didn't set
1: that on purpose. It was <laughs> no. just. Oh, oh, I thought, I thought this is, you uh, want to call you jammy. Right. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> uh,
0: for those who do not know, like he said, he is the director of sales and marketing at New England Brewing. Um, and uh, I, I guess we've already, we've already talked about what we are drinking. Are you drinking on something? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. 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 So what I got, actually, let me be honest here. I don't even know what this brewery is, <laughs> because I can't find it <laughs>
0: on here. On a can?
1: Yeah, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. Wait, is is Wild Mind L's a brewery? You ever heard of them?
0: I probably. I probably it. That sounds about this, right. They might yeah, just yeah, do a, no. a lot of Wild L's. L's, yeah, they
1: must. Because this is, uh, so it is Wild Mind L's, but this is uh, what they call their Internal Optimus. Okay. Right here. And this is the cane. And this is what it looks like on the can. So it has some sunglasses for those who are listening. Got some sunglasses on there. Purple can sunglasses with some palm trees in it. Pretty All cool.
6: right. The old save by the bell feel to it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Hey.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's a good way to describe <laughs> that. Yeah, kind of say by the bellish. And um, but it's a smoothie style sour ale with pineapples, orange, and coconuts. I don't know why the fuck I picked that up, but it's a four point five uh, ABV. And yeah, let me let me just show you what it looks like. This is the part that kind of threw me, <laughs> threw me uh, for a loop here. So this is what it looks like.
0: Oh, I look like uh, a smoothie. It looks it's a, it's thick. <laughs> yeah, it's real thick. Like, ban- like look at like banana juice.
1: Yo, the crazy. Yeah, the crazy part is that as I poured it, like chunks of like pineapples were falling out of it. Uh, can you See that? Can you see? Yeah, yeah I can go. see a little. Yeah.
0: Is that pineapple or, or curds? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not supposed to be
1: in there, man. <laughs> Yo, nah, like I don't know. I mean, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> it
6: tastes like a smoothie. It looks like a smoothie.
1: Yeah, it do. It's real. It's real <laughs> sweet. It's real sweet. I, I'm not gonna be able to drink this whole thing, but it's pretty good. I, now I wouldn't drink this like sitting out in the hot sun or something. It just seemed like it don't it wouldn't work right on your stomach. Right.
6: When would it, when would it work? When would it work? <laughs> like right
1: when would you drink it in a cold, probably, cold, I, air I, I probably I just nothing nothing to do throughout the day. Like <laughs> I have nothing else to do. I could prepare to be sitting on the toilet. For the whole day. Like one of those situations Yeah uh, Okay <laughs> Like I got time You know what I'm saying Like I just got time To sit around and wait Wait for it to hit That's what it seems like <laughs> I
0: don't want no part Of that beer then that <laughs> Take up your whole day Like I gotta see what happens After I drink it <laughs> And you ain't they talking be like, about being you tipsy. You just talking about uh, it might give me right, bubblegum. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They be like, "What you doing?" I'm just sitting around waiting for that beer to hit this belly. <laughs> you know, one mm. of those situations.
0: Right. Uh, I forgot why I was uh, talking. Wow. When uh, Jamal said about that can look like uh, Saved by the Bell. I forgot some of our listeners did say uh <laughs> that we don't describe the we sit, we put the beer can up, but we don't describe what the beer can looks like. So my beer can actually had a cactus on us it's like a pinkish color can art and it's the cactus running and so that's why it's called cactus whactus so for the, uh, some of the viewers that say we don't describe the can art uh yeah, because it, they not they might not be watching it they might be watching. listening so, yeah, so uh, listen
1: to what kind of beer it is and then go look at the can yourself
0: right, uh, one said that uh well, my wife said that looks like vomit <laughs> <laughs> thanks uh, drink up, um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm already not right because I drank too much actual alcohol yesterday, like a dummy. Uh. Um. So this is probably not the best. And I, since I was running late, I just hurried up and grabbed something out the fridge, right? And and kept it moving, but I didn't even read it to, to tell what it was. I was hoping that it, it was just an L, right? But like now, just a regular L. That's a wild L. Yeah. Yeah. Real yeah. wild. <laughs> Right, you yeah. want to see how wild if I finish drinking it?
6: That's <laughs> always like the. That's always the testament for me on, if a beer is good or not. If I can finish a pint and I'm like want another one, even if I'm full and I'm like, all right, I can't do another one for other reasons. But if I like want another one, to me, that's like the, the ultimate you know, you can drink three, four ounces of anything and be like, ah, oh, that was all right. But if you can get through like 16 ounces or a 12 ounce, like a full pint of it. And you're like, yeah, that was good. I want another one. That's kind of to me, like sets the standard for whether or not that's a good right. One. Well, that's, yeah. that's
0: funny that you said that. Cause that is part of our uh, rating scale. If, if, if it's, if it's really good. We say it's past me another, uh, if it's just okay. Um, I'll just have one. Uh, if you don't like it, then you keep it in the cooler. It's kind of yeah. like a, or uh, our, our rating system like this. Uh, I'll pass me another, obviously, because this is the at least the second one I'm drinking. <laughs> uh, uh, what's going yeah, on, I uh, Rod? I, like these
1: che- I don't think I like these cheese cur- curds on the top.
0: Hey, is, it, is it pineapple or is it curds? Cheese curds. It's cheese curds. It is cheese curds. <laughs> nah, I
6: don't know. <laughs> Neither one of those is supposed to be in there.
0: <laughs> yeah, that unless it said unfiltered did it say unfiltered um, and, and it was i, I mean know. i guess it's wild ale so maybe it is supposed, yeah, to, be yeah, unfiltered, but, supposed to be like that yeah i don't, I don't know. Uh, all right well that's here and north there uh because we do want to uh get into what we are here to talk about and that is everything jamal robinson <laughs> <laughs> everything jamie <laughs> <laughs> everything jamie uh so once again i want to thank uh Jamal for coming through, and uh, again, welcome to the program, and the uh, floor is yours. Hi,
6: man. Uh, so, I mean, how's this work? Do I, gotta, I gotta get a little bio? Get, yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, Just uh, let, uh, let us uh, know who you, you is. Who it works
1: you. how you want it to work.
6: Right. <laughs> cool, cool. Nah. So, uh, this will be my 16th year in the beer business. Um, I started uh, when I was 18. I got an internship with an anheuser Bush wholesaler here in Connecticut. Um, and and through I was uh, living in Vernon, uh, which is like northern part of Connecticut, which is a predominantly white neighborhood. My mom moved me up here from Jersey. Uh, we came here from Jamaica and then we moved from Jamaica to Connecticut and then Connecticut up to uh, from, um, from Jamaica to Jersey and then Jersey to Connecticut and it was up in Northern Connecticut. The idea you know being at the time Jersey was getting really bad um, you know the the, the crack epidemic and, and and we were living in Newark, and my mom just wanted to provide some opportunities um, so She moved me to Vernon, Connecticut, which is a predominantly white neighborhood in uh, northern Connecticut. And I was working at a Jewish deli through uh, at the end of high school. And one of my regulars. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) You wanted to do a deli and see a black. Yeah, that was it. That was it, man. That was it. (laughs) And uh, and (laughs) oddly enough, uh, one of the regulars, uh, one of my regulars that sat in a section all the time uh, was the VP of the Nanos Bush Wholesaler. Thought I was a good kid. He always struck up conversation, left left a big tip. And uh, gave me his card and told me to, you know, thought, thought I was a good kid. I was working on my on my 18th birthday, and he was like, "You're a good kid, you know. Come in and meet my son. We got a job for you. We got to put you on a truck or something." And I actually didn't know what he did. I was I was trying to play soccer in college. I wasn't like a, a I wasn't one of those kids that drank or smoked or anything in high school. Um, but it was uh, you know an opportunity. And I actually didn't call him. <laughs> my mom like was was riding me for weeks and to actually call this dude because I'm you know All right. 18 and doing other shit, right. <laughs> um, but uh, so finally I'm I'm joy riding around school after school one day, and uh, my mom called me and was like, "Did you call Bob Hollander yet?" You know, so I did. Uh, she tore me out for not calling him. I had to call him then, and then he basically I called the son and uh, who was the GM of the distributor and was like, "Hey, come on in right now. I've been expecting your call." And I was like, uh, "I'm not really." ready for an interview, I'm, like, literally wearing a Donovan McNabb jersey and Tim's. I don't think I can, like. <laughs> <laughs> was, the like, Donovan McNabb jersey, though. <laughs> right. <that's, yeah. laughs> and uh, so he was, like, he was, like, yeah, just, co- just come in, man. Just don't worry about it. Um, so I went in and he was basically, like, I don't know who you are, what you did, but my dad thinks you're a good dude and uh, we, we got a summer internship for you. Start next week. <laughs> right. And I was, like, what? You uh, must so have been, been impeccable
0: like, behind uh, the counter at the George deli. You must have been the man, like, oh my is always right when well, Jamal is behind the counter. Man,
1: he was the token. Of course he was the man. <laughs> They're like, this black kid we're gonna hear, this is lit.
6: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, basically it must have been, you know. But, it, yeah, but he, was, he was a good dude. Honestly, he was and he was that kind of dude. If you when he passed away years later, you know, at his funeral it was one of those things where, you know, there was a 15, 20 other people got up and told a similar story to where this mm-hmm. dude just, you know, out of just soft things and people and, and provided opportunities and that's uh, dope. And yeah, it was huge, man. Cause it, it it sparked me getting into this industry and something that I had never planned for. You know, I went to college. So I did that for that summer. I went to college out in Tennessee. My, my I was playing soccer at a uh, David Lipscomb university, small little uh, Christian college in Nashville. And uh, I ended up transferring home at the end of that year uh, my family, my mom was getting divorced. My siblings were young at the time. So it was more of those come home and help out the family type of situations. And, uh, they let me keep my internship through that year. I was, I was going to transfer schools cause I, I came home like right at the end of uh, second semester. So there wasn't any time to transfer or anything like that. And, uh, they let me keep my internship and then just was working. So merchandising, hanging neons, building displays, um, like route, what they call route jumping. So helping out the sales reps when they were on vacation or something, kind of covering right. their routes, stuff like that. Um, and then a marketing position opened up through Anheuser-Busch corporate, which was basically like when Anheuser-Busch was just starting to get into craft beer, this was right after the InBev buyout. Mm. Um, so they just bought Left, Lone Brown. They had all these other Belgian beers in their portfolio. Stella was in the portfolio now. And prior to that, you're talking about, it was just Michelob and Ultra, Bud, Bud Light and kind of those core brands. Uh, so now they had this huge portfolio they were throwing a bunch of like innovative new stuff at the, at the table. And you've got a wholesalers that are all full of, you know, 50 year old white guys who have been selling Bud Light their whole Mm -hmm. life. And they didn't want to try anything new. They didn't want to sell Mm -hmm. anything new. Uh, So it was like every, so Anheuser Bush was mandating that every wholesaler have someone on staff that essentially works for Anheuser Bush corporate, focusing on these new innovative products and, and craftings. And I just turned 20 at the time. And nobody else in the wholesaler wanted the job. So I, I was by the base, by the fact that like a couple of people left, um, and a couple of people that had gotten fired or moved on and then everybody else just flat out denied the job, didn't want it. I was kind of like next in line. Uh, and they kind of had to offer it to me. They did everything kind of by seniority back then. So I just happened to be next in line. And for me, it was like, you know, an opportunity for a full-time gig. Um, I was still going to school part-time, but, um, there's a better chance to make some real money and, and help out the fam, you know. So you could do all this so, before you even turn 21, so you couldn't even see with <laughs> the product, but <laughs>
0: yeah,
6: yeah, yeah. So that's where it gets weird, right? So, um, so Bob Hollander, the same dude, is like, give the kid a shot. You know, AB is like, you can't hire this kid. He's not even 21. You can legally be 18 uh, to sell beer and to serve beer, but you obviously need to be 21 to drink. And they were like, we need somebody who can actually like sample this product and do this shit. Like, you can't just, you can't hire this kid. Uh, for this position and it was mandated by the, uh, by AB, but, it, but the wholesaler got to choose the position. So Bob was like, give the kid a shot. You can't tell us what to do. Uh, and they, so they, pull, they pulled me in an office and we're like, listen, <clears throat> uh, the way this has got to work is like, we'll give you the shot of doing this gig. But if this doesn't work out, we're going to have to let you go. You can't stay with the company. This won't be like a demotion scenario. It'll be like, this mm-hmm. is either works or it doesn't work. still uh-huh. um, so you still want it, you
1: know?
6: Dang. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was heavy. And I so I, <laughs> I called my mom. Right. And she gives me this like old school Jamaican pep talk, just like you can do anything you set your mind to blah, blah, blah. You know, this, this whole mentality. And it was and it was real because it was like, all right, this is this is an opportunity. This is what when people talk about getting a chance at something and, and feeling like you can do something if you put your mind to it. You know, this was doing the right thing in this one situation and taking this opportunity. It was no different than taking the opportunity a couple of years prior, just me calling this dude that I that I didn't have the balls essentially to call a man or, or the desire. And my mom's like, yo, you're here now, you got this opportunity, do something or don't, you know? Right. So, um, so yeah, so I, I told him, I was like, I'll take the opportunity and I'll, and I'll kill this thing regardless of, of, uh, of what it is. We'll, we'll be all right. And they're like, well, the, the reality is that you're going to have to <clears throat> carry yourself in a way that like, if, if people are questioning your age or if it's an issue or you can't pass these tests, cause they send, they sent me to a whole bunch of, uh, what would be now like a level two Cicerone training class sat yeah. in with, a bunch of uh, brewmasters from AB, from from left, from Anheuser World Select at the time, which was like Anheuser-Busch's version of Heineken back then, um, and, and all these other things. So it was like a total of 15 or 20 different classes that were based in marketing, sampling, sensory, um, and really like learning the demographic of all the different products and then how to sell them. And my job was to come back to the wholesaler and teach the rest of the sales team, A, how to sell these products, what they are, teach them about craft beer because craft beer was – was newer at the time in the terms of the, the general mindset. And Andrew Bush saw the writing on the wall that we had to, if we can't beat them, join them. So we're going to start buying craft breweries and we're going to start implementing these things to, to be a part of this scene. And uh, it was essentially my responsibility to come back and, and teach the team how to do that and then go out into the sales trade and work with the reps and call on these accounts specifically being the one to be kind of like the, the craft beer expert on these products, um, craft beer and innovation. There were some like, Um, some vodkas and there were some uh, organic beers and some different things that they were throwing against the wall. So for me, it was, you know, a a great opportunity. And when I went to these training classes, I couldn't sample any of the beer, but I still had to pass all the tests. Um, So it was all based on this, this, the sensory aspect. And I think for me, that's what made it click. That's what made beer this like this dope thing where I was like, man, I can, I'm smelling what at the time there was this beer called stout, which was, and Bush's version of, of a Guinness, right? So they poured it. It was poured with nitrous. It cascaded just like a Guinness would. Um, big toffee and roasted coffee and chocolate notes. And so I'm smelling this beer, and for the first time I'm ever, I'm trying to, I'm trying to put it all together, right? I've learned how you're supposed to sample beer, what you're supposed to look for, these different flavors that come out of it. And now I'm in this situation where I'm smelling it. And I'm like. This, this really does smell like chocolate. You know, like it was like it was like this connection for me, like in a, in a real way that I was like, this is this is cool. And I felt and I went down the rabbit hole hard and I jumped on when I got home, I jumped on beer advocate and started going hard on craft beer. And I was just like soaking it all in. And, you know, when you're interested in something, you're excited about something, it, it feels like it's so easy to learn, like every little every I'm hanging on every word of every brewmaster. Um, and then so when I came home, I gave this like class essentially to the to the to the sales team on. On how beer is brewed something simple right the the process of brewing beer and it was interesting you see like these again a whole sales team of dudes that have been selling beer for 30 40 years and nobody knows how beer is made nobody even knows the ingredients you know they don't they don't know any of this stuff and I'm and I'm telling them and they're like all sitting there like huh how about that you know this shit is interesting so <laughs> kind of, uh, it, it was kind of my first foray into public speaking and it gave me uh, credibility with the sales team because I was the youngest there by you know 20 20- Five years. And, uh, and, and, and these were people that didn't even take craft beer seriously. They were just like, it was just this is new thing that we got to deal with selling, you know? So it, 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 it checked a couple boxes for me because it gave me some credibility. Um, it gave me something to build a relationship off. It gave me like a, a, a passion for a career for the first time in my life. And, uh, and I started getting into the scene that was just, that was just dope, man. It was cool. It was welcoming. And it had this, like everybody I met in the craft beer scene was like, cool a bunch of people smoke weed and listen to all kinds of jam bam music. And it was just like this whole, this whole vibe that came with it. That was very, very different than the corporate anheuser Bush kind of culture right. structure. Right. Came with it. You know, everybody was suit and tie or golf polo scenario. Um, so after doing that for a couple of years, I, I you know, I was like, I want to get on the craft beer side. I want to move away from this. Cause it, cause again, it was, it was still something that was so new to the wholesaler side that right. these guys didn't even know. So I go into a store and I sell in a, a five case display and that's a big win for me. You know what I mean? And this is, this is a beer no one's ever heard of. I got this little stack by the register and was stoked about it. The the retailer thinks I'm awesome. And uh, and I'd have my boss come in my office like, how much beer did you sell today? You got a five stack? What's a five stack? Let's, we're talking 25, 30K stacks. Like, they're used to selling Bud Light and stack them high. Let them fly was the mentality, you know? Right. Um, so it just got like, it, it was uh, discouraging, you know what I mean? Feeling like I'm I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, but nobody at the company, like I felt like, saw me what I was doing uh, or saw the value in what I was doing on a, on a bigger scale. And nobody saw the future of craft beer at that time. So it was one of those things where I just, I wanted to get out of that culture and get onto the craft beer side and discovered this brand called blue point brewing out of long Island. Um, Right. We met the owner at a trade show that uh, I was helping to host in Hartford. And I went over there and uh, by this time I, so I've been in this position for a little over a year now. So I'm 21 and
1: now, now you can finally drink. Now I can finally
6: drink. And it was actually cool the uh, the wholesaler that my boss, the wholesaler, threw this uh, a dope twenty first birthday party for me um, at the host because I had been working there for you know almost four years at that time. So everybody finally was like, "Ah, oh, he's finally, he's finally legal." Yeah, you know. Right. So right. It, was, it, it was a cool culture, and a cool vibe there. And he us. also had a uh, he had a
0: um, party trip. He was like, "That's Galaxy hops <laughs> I'm sorry, it's good. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's that's crazy good. to me because I can. That, that part of it, I can see why that would probably make me, would have made me get the crab beer too. Like, I only had to taste it and I know what's in it like just by smelling it. Like, that's yeah, crazy.
6: It was a cool connection and especially like, you know, you don't really interact with things like that in general, especially right, when you're like, right, right. 20, right? So when you're when you're doing, when you're interacting with something like that and it's like, you gotta, you have to learn this information because like, you know, like,
1: so outside of work right. and he couldn't time, drink it on the clock yeah 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 but that's what my, my question is so outside of work were you drinking these <laughs> were you drinking beer outside of work
6: yeah so around then so like i i started just i was starting to drink beer and, and uh and i had to because i was like low-key again the only one at the distributor that really got craft beer and really, right I was really interested in it so Uh, everybody kind of relied on me to be able to talk the talk when we went into these accounts and people are asking questions and I'm hosting beer dinners and, and, and walking people through uh, how to sample beer and what the different styles of beer are and what, and how to sample things on your palate. It was, it was important. And and it was, it was fascinating to me at the time. So I I loved doing it. I loved, uh, you know, having people listening to what the hell I'm saying uh, in a, in a way that was, that felt credible. It wasn't just like, I was just giving us a, a sermon, but it was like, people were interested in what I was talking about. Um, and it added value to the company. So it was all these things that like, you know, I took value in. And then when I was, uh, but I was, I was drinking craft beer at the time. I was drinking. There wasn't a whole lot. It was like, we had long trail where I was, um, Widmer brothers, red hook, uh, Thomas Hooker is a brewery here in Connecticut that was, that started back then. Um, uh, but nobody, there wasn't a lot of people really drinking those beers. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so I found, uh, but I got into beers like um, uh, Moutier Lambique. Uh, I got into Cantillon. I got into um, like these beers behind me. The uh, uh, from Unibrew. These are some of the first beers that I that I really got into and and gave me a different perspective besides just IPAs. I wasn't drinking IPAs yet. Still. It was all West Coast IPA, so everything was just bitter, and I, and I couldn't get a hold of that. So was like "So you're a, you're a fancy drinker over there. <laughs> yeah, brown <laughs> Ale's and Belgians were my first start uh, because they were just, they were softer, more approachable beers. You know, overall, I could, I could pull out the caramel and the and, the, and the malty and the sweetness. Um, but then it, sem- it seemed like all the hops to me were, like, just bitter. It was just, right. I couldn't I couldn't separate that from the rest of the beer. Uh, but I knew that that was an important part of it. And IPAs were kind of king on the West Coast, but they weren't New England. Like IPAs out here were really more malt forward and didn't have all that West Coast kind of backbone, dry, piney, hot bitterness. So um, I, when I joined this brewery out in Long Island, uh, Blue Point Brewing, I, I sat down and met with those guys, with the owner, who's just this like hippie from Long Island who just loved beer. And uh, the interview was like, we sat at a bar in New Haven. <laughs> and he was like, so what are you drinking, man? Like, what's, uh, what's, what's, uh, what's, what's, what do you like beer? What's, uh, what's going on here? You know, and we just, we just talked beer. And uh, I didn't hear from him for like two weeks, two and a half weeks. Um, and I just figured I didn't get the gig. And, and he called me and was like, so you, uh, you ready to work for a brewery, buddy? Yeah. You ready to work? You ready to come to Long Island and work for a brewery? And I was like, what? I, what? I got the job. You caught, I haven't heard from you in weeks. And he was like, oh no, I was on vacation. I didn't even talk to anybody else. But we're good. <laughs> we were like, you know, this is kind of how I like, craft beer is. It's like, it's got this like. This like nonchalant kind of like it's all good, yeah, like you yeah. out mentality, you know, bootstrap stuff. Um, and their IPA, Hoptical Illusion, was the IPA that got me into into IPAs because it had at the time, uh, uh, Amarillo was this was a uh, Amarillo was this new hop at the time, and now you see it in beers. Amarillo hops are not you know they're not new, but at the time that was like the citra at the time. It was big and piney, grapefruit. Um, citrus, but like mellow and soft and it, and it blended so well. It was like, you know, you take a sip of this beer and I was like, crazy grapefruit is the first thing that came to my mind was like this, like this really awesome grapefruit. And I hadn't had any beers that had that kind of balance before and, and brought the, brought the IPA, brought the hot profile to the, to the forefront in a very like approachable way and that's what like i, I got to work for these guys i want to do this I wanna, if i can if i can focus on one brand like this cuz again at, at AB i had like 15 16 different things in my portfolio on top of a couple other beers uh, at the wholesaler but this was like an opportunity to focus on one thing and a dope beer that i really love toasted lager was the was the flagship was the, this like roasty amber style picture like a fat tire with a more like kind of like a roasted, like a subtle roasted malt characteristic, just huh. and like really balanced, four and a half percent, crushable, and very different at the time. There wasn't like, it wasn't like a San Boston log or anything like that. It was just so new. And they were only on Long Island at the time, Long Island and in the city. So they were coming, Connecticut was kind of the first state they were expanding into, and they were looking for, you know, a sales rep to to manage the state, so. Um, I signed on with those guys, and it was a total, total game changer for me in terms of what craft beer meant and what beer meant. Because now I came into this whole new community of people that were like passing joints, wearing T-shirts to work, and like drinking beer mm-hmm. at lunch and hanging out. And then the biggest thing was like I'm riding around with Pete, the owner, um, for the first time. We, after like a couple months after we had launched, I'm riding around with him, and I wanted to—I was excited to show him all these new draft lines I'd gotten. And uh, we sit down at what uh, the mans so a well-known craft beer bar. They have they have one in New York City, um, but they had opened one here in Connecticut. And I'm sitting there. This is a bar that's got, you know, 60 draft lines, and there's only you know one or two bars like this in Connecticut at the time. So I'm excited. We got Toast Lager on here. And He's like, Yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. Uh, we 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 know what our shit tastes like, though. Let's try this other stuff. You know what I mean? And that was like that was the first time that that had ever happened because anheuser Bush was like, You drink our shit or you're fired. Bro. Right. That's, that's it. If you get seen. If you were seen drinking a Miller or Coors product or anything like that, it was a problem. Like people would get fired. <laughs> like, <laughs> <of> <laughs> um, and it was the complete opposite in craft beer. Craft beer was like, yeah, we all drink each other. We drink what's good, you know. And we drink right. each other's beer. We support our stuff, but but we drink whoever's whoever's making good stuff. And it was this this total shift in perspective that I that I had to have. And then it uh, and it was a fun atmosphere and a fun vibe. And it made me want to work hard. And I had a lot of fun. And I built some of my best friends, some of my best relationships. Um And uh and, and it's done. It's done a ton for me since then. So I uh, spent seven and a half years with it with Blue Point Brewing. Launched. I ended up launching all of the New England states and uh, becoming New England sales manager. And then uh we got bought by Anheuser Busch. <laughs> we gonna get we gonna get Jamal. However we get. <laughs> yeah, man. It was like this full circle of kind of kids. Are you serious? You know. And it was like, and it and it felt like, and it it would, it would like hurt because it felt like you know. We joined the evil empire, you know, it was like, and, uh, and they just, it was a situation where, you know, the ownership didn't vibe anymore and they wanted to protect the staff and, uh, and, and as Bush was looking, you know, they had gotten to the point where they were like, all right, every time we put out an AB product, that's craft beer, nobody's buying it. Nobody's getting on board. So instead. We'll just buy a brewery that's already got the infrastructure, got right. the the credibility, and got the fan base. And then we'll just dump a bunch of money into it to expand it. And that's exactly what they did with Goose Island two years prior right. to buying Blue Point. And, and Blue Point was the next kind of big purchase on their 13-brewery tour. you know. And they ended up buying a different brewery in the region. And instead of building into their market share, they bought 15% of the market share right. and turned Goose Island and Blue Point into national brands. You can get Toast Lager in Hawaii now. Right. And it's a and it's a crazy mentality because they're the only ones with the finances and the resources to be able to do something like that. And you're right. talking about from a brewery perspective, you know, you, you're, you're a hippie owning a brewery and, you, and you're struggling this whole time or you're doing pretty well, but somebody offers you $24 million right. and your entire right. staff for the first time gets to have health insurance you know right. your brew staff gets to have health insurance as a brewery you get to have in- ingredients that you never had before and access to equipment and the ability to do beers that you couldn't do before or you couldn't even fathom so from a from a perspective there i you know you understand the 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 call for something like that or the attraction of something like that yeah. um having already been on the on the ab side of the world i, I knew that culture and uh, i knew that that wasn't really a fit for me anymore um, so I actually got recruited by a local brewery here in Connecticut that was uh, building, that was basically starting to build a 30,000 square foot brewery right on the water uh, here in, in, in Branford, Connecticut, and they wanted me to come on board to uh, help them design and launch that brand. Um, and that was a great experience because I got to build something from the ground up, um, to build it in my home state, and to you know kind of put my my credibility and my test my skills to the test in a, in a real way. It was like. You know, they when they were talking to me about it, they, the initial thing was like, "All right, you did it once with Bluepoint, can you do it again?" And and the the, the conversation spiraled into like, "I didn't, I didn't do well with Bluepoint just because like I'm that good of a sales guy. Everybody likes me; they'll just buy whatever." It was I had this dope product to sell and a dope story and a and a, and a part of this craft beer culture that was legitimate and authentic. Right. And I can come out with my passion and, and tell the story and with my credibility and my expertise and and bring all those things together, but. You needed all the puzzle pieces to make this thing a reality. Um, so they, they agreed with that, and they hired a brewmaster uh, that was one of the uh, lead brewers up at Red Hook, and, um, and, we did, and we did a dope thing. In a couple of years, we took uh, a, a new brand to 15,000 barrels. Um, in, we did 8,000 barrels in the first year. Um, we've jumped to 15,000 barrels in the last three years. Um, but we always came into this thing where once – uh, a bunch of other breweries started opening up. So that's when the floodgates in Connecticut really opened up. Right. And we went from having, you know, 15 or so breweries to 130 breweries in the span of. wow, two, three, three, Jeez. You Jeez. Know? And Connecticut's not a big state. Right. You know? so when you, when you think,
1: that's yeah. a lot of breweries.
6: Yeah. So it became like, you know, we were doing well, but it, it turned out when people were, when people got an opportunity to drink something else, they they chose something else. Right. And, uh, and then that shows that brand loyalty and credibility. So, keeping draft lines because of my relationships and because of the things that we've done as a team and, and my sales team and the execution that we had done. But, um, at the end of the day, you can't, you know, you can't pick up a beer and put it in someone's cart for them. They, you can do all the right things. You can put the beer on the shelf and have all those things, but if, if no one's buying it. So it became a time in the next uh, year where it was like, you know, the, 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 industry had shifted and, and, and they were basically like, eh, we can't afford you anymore. So <laughs> us and uh, myself and our brewmaster, Uh, were let go from the company, along with our key accounts manager. And it was a a big day. It was on BrewBound, and it was one of those things where you're like, shit, and now you're licking your wounds, and you're like, you're wondering if people are going to look at your credibility. Um, Are they going to look at, like, you know, this brewery's not doing well because of what you did, so does that affect my opportunities, you know? Or or are they looking at it like, that brewery didn't have the the tools for this guy, and and he's still valuable. Um, Especially when
0: they let go of, it wasn't just you, it was like, they let go of the actual brewer. Brewer, So it's not,
6: so it's like, Exactly. Exactly. So it was kind of one of those things for them. They felt like the best opportunity. The best thing was to just kind of start from scratch, I guess. Um, uh, but uh, for me, it was an opportunity to reflect a little bit, and um, and then to see where it was. And it was cool because in a couple of weeks later, um, I had some really cool breweries that I had reached out. Some breweries that I, had, I had wanted to work for, and that were like, "Hey, man, I don't know what what they're doing, but
1: we, we we'll take you." To,
6: yeah, we want you on our <laughs> And it was cool. But New England, New England was one of those brands, and uh, and and one of the brands that I've always loved and respected. Sea Hag is our flagship beer, and I totally spaced. I'm, I got to send you guys out some beers. I'll put that in the mail tomorrow. Right. Uh, you can try some of our stuff. But Sea um, Hag is kind of our, our flagship here in the state, and it's the number one selling IPA in Connecticut. We're doing uh, just under twenty thousand barrels of beer in nice. just Connecticut, All right. uh, mm. with eighty five percent of that being Sea Hag six pack cans. We don't have twelve packs. You know, we don't have. Any of that stuff. And so what style is Sea Hag? Sea Hag is a classic IPA. Okay. Six and a half percent IPA. Um I'd say more West Coast driven. Mm. Um, but uh and the thing is like we, our name is New England Brewing, but we've been around for seventeen years. So we've been around before New England IPAs were a style of beer. <laughs> oh, so oh we well, don't really make New England IPAs. You know that's really? not that's not really what we do. We're, we're
0: yeah.
6: <laughs> y'all should, yeah. y'all should own the like, oh well we are you we were, are the yeah. New England, New England like New IPA England. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. No one no, knows.
6: Um, <laughs> we do some hazy stuff for sure, you know what I mean? Because that's, that's cool to do, but we do it in a very controlled way, so you don't get any of the chunks that you, you saw in your beer. <laughs> to me, that, that's not a well done beer. Now know? we're <laughs> back
1: to the chunks. Well, <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so
6: gross. that, that kind of led me to where I am at NEPCO now, and it's, it's been a good ride, man. Great company, great people, great beer, um, and it's given me a platform, uh, an opportunity to, to do some some bigger, more impactful things that's been a call to action over the last uh, last year or so. That's dope. Uh, we we'll talked about the scholarship. Um, last year, so during the height of all the protests, it's one of those things where, you know, breweries are, are posting things on Black Tuesday and, and starting to have these conversations about, you know, what's up. And this is a thing that's, like, feels political to a lot of breweries. To some people, they're like, ah, you know, we don't really want to touch that. We're, we're a brewery that, you know, we're just a brewery. We, we make beer. We help people enjoy beer. Um, but on the, on the real, like our brewery has always been involved in community action work. We help raise quarter of a million dollars for cancer every year. Uh, they have this big uh, cancer ride in Connecticut called Closer Free that we're the main sponsor for. Um, and we do a lot for pretty much any charity or 501C that asks us for a beer donation or asks us to help out with something. We, if there's not a legitimate reason why we can't, we, we try to. And that's just a part of our, our culture and our makeup. Um, Rob's that dude. The, Rob Leonard, the owner of the brewer, has always been about community. It's kind of one of the pillars of our brand. So we started having these real conversations, you know, and I'm like, every day before I got to, before I put on my new England brewing shirt, I got to wake up and be black in America first. And, right. right. And there's a reality of what's going out here. This isn't political. This is, this is life. This is a way of life. I don't get to choose whether or not it is political or anything like that. And, and uh, when we talk about community, it's important that we're specific in who we mean when we say community. We are, we are in New Haven. Our, our brewery is in Woodbridge, which is, but it's one block away from New Haven, which is a, a, a very black city, right? Um, very, very black neighborhoods. Yeah. And we got black people in our tap room all the time. So it's, it's one of those things where it's like, when we say we're about community, what do we really mean? And they were like, our director team, you know, having these, these, these real conversations, they were like, you're absolutely right. Like, yeah, what do we, what do we do? So, right. So then the question's like, all right, how do we help? What do we do? Who can we cut a check to? And it was like, instead of cutting a check, let's, let's do something. Let's make this a part of our culture. Let's make this a part of who we are so that the people that drink our beer know what we're about on a a bigger tip because craft beer isn't just an industry. It's a culture just as much as it is an industry, right? There's, there's a reason that people support these brands and it isn't just because the beer is so good. It's, it's, there's a lot of other things that, that factor into that, this whole community aspect so um, I started this, uh, what we call our Equality Committee, um, which is focused on, on three things, uh, to diversify, help diversify the beer industry, to bring some awareness to racial injustice, and to help uplift black neighborhoods in our community, in our area. Uh, so and the first big kind of lift on that was this Black, uh, black Brewer Scholarship. So in Sacred Heart University, which happens to be a predominantly uh, white Catholic university is also the only brewery, the only university that has a brewing science program, 11 month mm-hmm. brewing science program that prepares you to be a professional brewer, to own a brewery, to work in a tap room. It, it covers all the different facets of being in the beer industry over these 11 months. And then, and the course is designed so that you can do it part time. You can do it while you're actually at your other job. Cause the reality is, this isn't Germany where where you come out of high school and brewing is a is a normal vocation. Right. right you right. get into this is this is something that pretty much if you're getting into craft beer now, you're probably coming from another industry or, or you had some other role in your life. Right. So the the, the course is designed to accommodate that for, for people. And so we were like you know we reached out to them and we we're like listen we want to start this black brewer scholarship and endowment fund to be able to pay for someone to go through this scholarship forever. And then we had to go down the rabbit hole of like what it takes to really to build an endowed scholarship fund, I I didn't know anything about it. I hadn't done it before, um, and the way it works is that you you build up enough money, and the interest that's raised off of those dollars is what pays for the for the program, right? right. So the program's fifteen thousand dollars a year. That means we have to raise two hundred fifty thousand to three hundred k to be put into an endowed fund to have enough interest to spins off that pays that every year. So right. that interest every year would pay for that scholarship. So our goal is to raise uh, fifty k a year over the next five years in order to hit that goal. But we didn't want to wait five years to, to start impacting and putting people through this process. So, um, again, very dope of Rob allowed us to start an annual scholarship in the meantime. Uh, so we starting to put people through this scholarship every year. Um, and, and then when we've, when we've got the endowed scholarship built up, um, then we can put two people through. So we kicked this off in January is when we actually launched it. Uh, the first Core Heart started in May, so it was, like, trying to get people signed up, trying to get pe- the awareness out there that we have this scholarship and that uh, we want people of color to get involved in this thing. And um, it turned out uh, a couple other breweries have reached out and, and realizing that, man, $250,000 is a lot of money. Um, and then I had to ask myself on a real tip, like, is this the right way to spend a quarter of a million dollars? Like, right, is it, is it important to put a black person through brewing school and to spend that money, or can I do that, can, can we do something way more impactful with that money? Um, and uh, that was a hard question in terms of asking myself because, and, and I came to the answer of yes, because when I think about craft beer and I think about the, the cultural impact that it has in this country and I think about the economic impact, $83 right. billion dollars a year right. uh, goes through just craft beer. And, and that's from like, that those are the dollars from... Uh, a pint that's poured through the residual income of, you know, the pretzels that are sold at the brewery and the wholesaler, like through the three tiered system, that whole impact is, is about eighty three billion dollars right now. And that was that was a twenty that was a twenty nineteen number, so it's probably closer to a hundred billion right now, right? Post COVID. And the reality is people of color are not taking a big chunk of that pie, right? And and right. that's important. That economic impact, that structure that's there. And there's and there's systemic reasons why there are black people in it. It isn't just because black people don't like craft beer. It, right. It's, it's the way this, the structure has been built, the segregation that has been built in this industry among other industries from the beginning of this industry has set this wheel in motion. The only reason I got into this business is because I happened to be in a white space and right. met a guy that owned that, that owned a distributorship. You know what I mean? And otherwise right. it's not that it would have been exposed to me. So now it's about creating people in a, in, in a qualified way and, and, Bringing people that are qualified into this industry that are black and giving them a real opportunity to be successful. After the after they go through the program, they get an internship with us at the brewery oh, nice. um, for six for six weeks, so they can actually keep. Now they're really prepared. Now not only do they have this scholarship under their belt, um, but they've got uh, experience, hands-on experience at a well-known brewery in the, in the region that that really sets their resume up to do something proper. So then figuring like, man, that's a, this is a lot of heavy lifting when we're talking about raising all this money. So I started a uh, a scholarship committee um, of other breweries. Cause I had some other breweries reach out and they're like, dude, this is dope. How do we, how do we help? How do we be involved? Um, so like breweries like two roads, brewing athletic brewing, which is a non-alcoholic brewery. They're based here in Connecticut. Now, Two roads is one of the biggest breweries in the country now, but they're based here in Connecticut as well. And a couple other breweries, uh, local breweries, rhythm brewing. Um, Alyssa Mikado I don't know if you guys know her. Yeah. Um, she owns rhythm brewing uh, first female black owned brewery here in Connecticut. Um, and everybody was like, "Yo, we want to, we want to do this." So I started this committee of, 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 of a collective of other breweries and um, uh, representatives from from Sacred Heart University and uh, the Connecticut Brewers Guild. And so we wrote the endowed scholarship, and then we've got the annual scholarship, and then we're basically focused on the fundraising side. This is a group of industry folks that are that are focused on raising this money and and doing and putting it in the right place, obviously. So. Right. Uh, from there, it was dope because these other breweries also were like, you know, Athletic reached out and they're like, we we love what you're doing. We want to add to the, the annual scholarship. So between Two Roads and Athletic, we were able to put four people of color through the brewing science program this year, starting in May, that are going through the, the class right now, and two of which are black women, which is the dopest. You know what I mean? Wow. <laughs> it's, like, it's like crazy, crazy thing that snowballed into something really, really powerful and impactful. And And so far... Um, our goal is 50K for the year. We're at 40K right now um, uh, that we've raised so far. And uh, with the goals of now we're just in the beginning stages of of, uh, of trying to plan this, this big festival we're calling the Change in the Air Festival, which is a uh, this idea of being like, you know, coming off the same kind of vibe and Bones as Fresh Fest. Like this being like a, think think of Beer Fest as the bones of it, right? As, as part right. Of it, people are walking around. but um, But you've got, you're, you're emphasizing and bringing in black culture, so black music, black food, uh, black art, uh, and spoken word, but also, you know, conversations, roundtable conversations, keynote speakers, talking about the real issues and the real things in the community and in craft beer and what it means to be diversifying this industry and having these conversations all involved in this bigger festival. So now we're creating an event that black folks want to be a part of, uh, and we're bringing beer into that as opposed to trying to throw a beer fest and then invite black people to this white space, into this, this bearded flanneled white space, as opposed to creating a space that black folks want to be a part of and already want to be and are, really want to be in, and then bringing craft beer into that space, into our space, so that uh, and, and introducing craft beer in that way. So the the means of diversifying the industry in that way, but also throwing an event that is that is really focused on the conversations and diversifying and the inclusion overall. Um, as a fundraiser for the scholarship and the kind of tying it all together.
0: Now, now is that uh, 2022 or is that uh, 2023,
6: 2021. <laughs> uh, the plan is to do like a, a smaller event at the end of 2021 to kind of like okay. showcase the the bones, the idea of the event, and then really we're going to need another you know year to to be able to plan this. So hopefully, uh, summer of 2022 that we're. The uh, Connecticut ain't that far. <laughs> you guys get the invite. I love to have you up here. For that's,
1: that's a drive.
0: Yeah, can drive there. yeah, yeah, right, yeah. exactly. You can drive you can drive yeah. to Connecticut. Um I was I had a uh well, I had a question and then this cry kinda of, kinda of goes back to some other thing. Now was like when you were going to school, was sales and marketing always your your thing, or were you? Yeah, that
1: was my my question too. But he kept talking. Okay. But I, yeah.
0: <laughs>
6: yeah, oh y'all, let me rant. I'm nah, to...
1: nah, nah. I did, but I was gonna come back to it. But yeah, that was my question too.
6: Yeah, no, um, I, I did say you know my major freshman year was uh was marketing, uh, but I you know freshman year you're still doing all your gen ed classes, so right? You get anything. Right. Yeah. And uh, when I transferred home, I got into it. I got this full-time gig, and I and I, and I left school uh, early. So that's back.
1: where you got your marketing from, was from that gig that you had. A, okay,
6: okay. Yeah, yeah. I learned all the, all my sales and marketing experience came from being on the job. Oh, right. so
0: you got that on-the-job on experience. That, I mean, hey, sometimes that's uh, more effective. I mean, especially because a lot of times theory doesn't work, uh, especially with some, some of the organizations. Like, you might get the theory of sales and marketing. I mean, a, a lawyer told me this a long time ago. He was like, uh, yeah, you go get your MBA and all that kind of stuff, but unless you're actually doing the work, you yeah. might not. You just get the theory and not actual, actual, uh practical uh usage and how that works. Because so, I, so, I, so I understand exactly. it. Um, and
1: and, being, and plus, like at the end of the day, like with with his specific situation, you actually had something to prove because you're this black kid, this young black black man doing all this stuff by yourself. So I could I could see how focused that you would be in that situation just to just to prove a point at the end of the day really you know what i'm saying just showing yeah. that you can do it Like right. so yeah. that's dope that you that you had basically on the job training that's dope
6: right yeah i think it worked better for me um and it's just like the universe works like that man like I, i'm i can learn in the classroom but i learn best when i'm when i'm doing right. something when i'm hands-on so i think overall for me it was the the better route to take and now, I, you know, I don't have any student loans, so. Yeah, yeah it, it is. is. <laughs> <laughs> that's, probably, that's probably the best part. There you go. <laughs>
0: right. Uh, yeah, now, um, another question I had while, while you were talking in terms of, like, I know you talked about some of the styles that you like, some of the brands that you liked in terms of beer. But what was the, and you may not have one, but what was the beer that, uh, the craft beer that you had that was like, yep, this is the space I, I really want to be in? Does, does that exist?
6: Uh, there's a couple, um, that, that, cause I, I'd say they, so that bare knuckle stout, uh, the stout was the first time that I could really put like the chocolate and the coffee together in the beer and like understand that without tasting it. Um, so that to me, like, that's when it clicked. I think that I'm like, Oh, I get this. I get this now. Um, I think what made me like, when I tried Hoptical Illusion, that made me want to work for that brand. I, like, I knew I was, I knew I knew wanted to get out of the Inezerbush space and get into the craft space, and I was talking to a couple of, like, the Red Hooks and the Long Trails of the World because um, I was managing those brands for the distributor, and so I was already, I was the, the main contact for those breweries. Um, so I understood those breweries and stuff, and the, and the beer was good and it was cool, but, you know, it wasn't like this, this passion to go work for one of them. And it was like when I tried that beer, that to me when it was like, trying a product and then wanting to work for the company that makes this product and wanting to build this thing knowing that it it was tiny you know it was literally the small brewery that only sold in one state and I was like I want to focus on this that's what it that's when it clicked for me in terms of like wanting to be in this space and wanting to work for this brand and then it was like not so much the beer but it was the that first experience when it was like I I showed up to ride with the, the New York rep and I was dressed like an ain't a Bush sales guy. You know, I was in slacks and a, and a golf polo. And I was in shorts and a t-shirt. Like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? like, you're out of, you're out of line here, you know? And, uh, and then it was like, <laughs> you <out of> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it was like, it, it feeling like, I feeling like I was out of place, but I was out of place. I wasn't out of place because I was black. I was out of place because I was a guy. You know? right? Yeah. right. And because I wasn't loose. and black, You know? And then right. it, like, so our next day for the ride with, and I'm wearing jeans and a t-shirt, and it felt like I'm going to these these cool beer bars in New York and uh, seeing the way this all works and meeting these people. And, and and honestly, for the most part, I've definitely had run-ins with racism and, and issues um, with some accounts and with some colleagues. But the greater majority of my experience in craft beer has been very welcoming and, and, and very cool. It's just been like it's been I've been I met mostly cool people. That are like,
1: like like what type of run what type of run-ins with racism like. Like what you definitely
6: definitely have had some some accounts that they they look at you funny like uh Man, we're good. I had that when I first started a Bush, they were kinda like some of those like higher end restaurants that were like, mm, what? You know? Um and then I've had uh, other employees when we when we got bought by Anaza Bush, um they fool us all out to Goose Island and uh, basically, the, the the goal there was to be like, listen, don't be scared. We know we're AB, but uh, look what we did with Goose, and it's gonna be great. Everything's gonna be fine. You guys are gonna love it. You know, so they they flew us out to Goose Island, and uh, which was the the first big mistake was they took us to like the Chicago deep dish pizza joint and flying a bunch of New Yorkers who take pizza very seriously. You know? Pizza very seriously. Uh, I, love deep, I love Chicago Deep Dish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, but we were already jaded on the experience because we were like, man, we just sold the evil umpire and now they're going to take us out and give us this pie, this, this pie pizza, this like cake pizza thing. Um, but uh, before all that you know
0: You're trying to start a fight. <laughs> yeah.
6: But, you know, so we're hanging out in the lobby of the hotel and, uh, one of our, one of the employees who was a newer employee, actually, he just, he just come on board a couple of weeks before the buyout, old Irish guy. Um, we're in the lobby me and a buddy of mine, who's our Michigan sales manager at the time. And we're chopping it up, just hanging out. And everybody's stressed. Cause we're like, what's going to happen with our careers? Are we, is this going to be a real thing? Do we want to stay here? Is everybody going to take the package? Blah, blah, blah. And, um, so we had to be up the next day for early meetings and, and going through this whole process. And this dude's hammered at the bar, being a nuisance, and starts dropping M-bombs and starts telling me, hey, you, oh. you black. Yeah, you, 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 you nigga. Yeah, you, you know, just drunk saying all this shit. And I'm like, and I, you know, you, you get to a point, and you guys know, you get to a point in your life where you can't, you jump on every time something like that happens, you never get anywhere. You know what I mean? Right. So there was a situation where it's like, man, go to bed. And oddly enough, this dude is my was my roommate for that trip and I'm like dude yeah, like, whoa whoa whoa, whoa. Yeah, you yeah. the one throwing the in bombs was your roommate <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. you would have woke up sore like, what? Right. I, well, that's what? That's what? like oh
6: what why is my why is my back hurt I was, like, I was just like listen I don't I don't got the energy for the time of this I gotta figure out what the hell we're doing tomorrow like uh, I gotta figure out if we're gonna have a real career this clown isn't on my, on my radar right now and it was just one of those things where I'm like yo keep it moving keep it moving and 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 my buddy Matt next to me was like, "What the fuck just happened?" Like, right. what? You know what I mean? Um, so the next day, you know, so like that dude disappears. I, I go to get in the elevator, so like we we have our last drink. We go to get in the elevator, and as we're getting in the elevator, like the uh, the hotel like manager jumps in the elevator with us, like last minute, right before the door closes, and was like, "Hey, you guys, uh, you guys going going to the twenty second floor? There's a there's an issue up there," and we were like. What you mean there's an issue up there? Like, and we're now we're in the elevator, and the elevator's going up, and we're like, why are we going? Why are we going there if there's an issue up there? What, like, <laughs> like, what do you mean? What do you mean? What? Like, should we get on like the twenty first floor? Before we, you know? And she's like, oh no, just, I guess there's a there's a drunk guy. So the elevator doors open, and you know how like you ever been drunk, or even like as a kid, you get home, you take your pants off, and you step out of your pants, and they're just they're there, right? They're right. Just walking down, right? Yeah. You open, so the elevator doors open up, and it's that. Like, there's the, like these pants are pulled down there, underwear still in them, and, like, pants are there, no body, but just, like, shit stains. Like, <sighs> all, like pants, like, in a trail, like, down the hallway. And we all, like, jump back and, like, what the hell? Right? So <laughs> we're, all, we're all chilling, and we look down the hallway, and this dude who was my, my roommate dropping all the M-bombs in the lobby was sprawled out on the floor, like half his body was in the stairwell to go down the stairs, and the other half was in the hallway, in the actual hall. Mm. And we were like, "This motherfucker, right?" So immediately, obviously, Paul was like, phone, "This nigga." Well, <laughs> 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 Paul, start recording. And this dude had like some some weird radar or something. Like as soon as I got close to him, he popped up, and was like, "Whoa, whoa." You- trying to film me and then ran down the stairs with no pants on the 22nd floor of this hotel in Chicago like starts barreling down the stairs the like restaurant the, the hotel manager's like freaking out she's like I, I don't know what to do so she like she leaves I go back into my room and I call Pete the owner and I'm like man your boy and I like tell him tell him I didn't actually tell him what happened in the lobby I was just like yeah this dude is, is hammered he's He's down the stairways. This dude shit up the whole hallway, and you know,
0: and, and that's when Embad like, pulled out.
6: <laughs> and so he's still like, dude, like you know, you know, beer guys get drunk once in a while. Can you like grab his stuff? And I was like, bro, are you wild? I'm like no, no, <laughs> like mm-hmm. grown ass man. He's probably right. ten years older than me, and we got more important shit that we're dealing with. This is all you. You gotta have to. You gotta have to deal with this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was white boy wasted for real. Uh, so so Pete was like, all right, all right, we'll take care of it, right? So like four o'clock in the morning, this dude comes strolling in the room. He ended up at the hospital that night, and they, just, they let him out of the hospital. He comes strolling <clears> in the room, and I'm like, "What are you? What the fuck? Like, what the fuck? You know?" And he was like, "Listen, man, not uh, not my proudest moment. You know, uh, uh, popped a couple of pop, popped a couple of e bombs." I was like, "What? What? what? This Tuesday? What? What are you talking <laughs> about? You know?" So he, he's just just a mess. So we go on the trip, you know. We, so the, the trip finishes out right. I get a call from Pete that the day we get back and was like, Hey, uh, Matt just called me and was like, told me what Chris was saying. Uh, I think Creighton, I think his name was Creighton, Creighton was saying in the, in the, in the hotel, in the lobby, like all that shit. He's like, how come you didn't tell me any of that shit? And I was like, honestly, Pete, I got shit. I was dealing with other shit. Like this was, this other shit was more important on whether or not I'm going to beat this company next week or not, or if I'm going to be working for AB. Like that was heavier to me than, than some other dude just being an idiot again, you know? And he was like, listen, man, like you've, you're like a brother to me or a son or something. He was like, So uh, we don't we don't play that. He's like, I just called that dude and fired him. Like we didn't know explanation needed. Like you should have told me that. But like either way, we don't we don't play like that, man. Um, hey. and and that was a dope experience because A my white friend, Matt, another person at the company was the one that was like, this is fucked up. And, and this dude is worried about other shit. So he's not going to deal with it, but somebody needs to deal with this. Right. So he's, so he takes it upon himself to call and, and set that up. Right. The owner of the company being like, no questions asked, no interview, no HR, just like, nah, fuck that guy, get him out of here. Like, so it was another thing about this, about my experience in this craft space that, that came from like, my experience came from dealing with like really, real people um, that cared about things outside of beer. It was like beer was this catalyst to greater community and, uh, and having someone that's been on their team and someone that they respect being disrespected in any capacity, especially on a racial tip by some dude that just got here or whatever it was needs to not be here. And it doesn't matter that we just got bought by AB. Uh, and to me, that was, that was one of the more powerful things that has ever happened to me in this whole business. Yeah, that's
1: crazy. It yeah. must have been that um Chicago pizza
6: had <laughs> <laughs> a yeah, bad experience.
0: I show for your employees. Yep. Yeah,
6: man. No, it was real. Yeah, that's true. He got her. He's a he's a
1: real one. Yeah, that's dope. But that shit is crazy. I can't believe he's sitting on <laughs>
6: I
2: video somewhere. I it, video. <laughs> nah, <you don't> <laughs> it. was on a flip phone at the time.
6: I don't
2: know. If I, I don't know if it wasn't next
6: year. Nah, you Yeah, I, I
1: don't even need to see that.
0: Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. your description right. was enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: definitely, definitely. <laughs> you don't need to show proof. We believe you. Think, <laughs> especially if i sitting here drinking this damn beer. That <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, I had a. What was my other question? And that that shit story didn't go. That story started off different than what I thought it was going. It took a <laughs> so I kind of threw my next question off. <laughs> now, now I'm lost with my question.
1: No, but I do have a um a question. Like you were saying, like with the with the place that New England's at, you said the all close to what New Haven.
6: Yeah, we're right out like the so the the beginning of New Haven is at the end of our driveway.
1: Okay, so like when you when you say that that y'all do have black customers come in, like what's that that look like though? Is that like half and half or like?
6: No, 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 no. It was uh, it was definitely the minority. You know, a small, right. a small amount. Uh, but I'll tell you what's what's been noticeable and what's been really dope is since we started this Equality IPA series, which is like so the Equality Committee that we started. Um, we do a pilot batch quarterly, where all the proceeds from that batch go directly to whatever the committee's working on, whether that's the scholarship, whether that's our community action network, um, whether that's um, we're we're helping uh, a guy that's starting a inner city, uh, starting a, a a cycling club for for inner city kids, um, mm-hmm. because uh, like professional cycling and and cycling racing, the kid is a very expensive thing to get into, right. and especially needing like having parents that are available to take you all over the place to these different bike rides and stuff. So he's starting, mm-hmm. um, he's starting a, uh, a team called the rolling anvils, which is the rolling anvils was the name of the first, you guys, uh, quick little fun history lesson. Um, the Buffalo soldiers. So it was a group of 22 black soldiers post-Civil War that were tasked with bu- riding these bikes cross country, 3000 miles through the Alps. And the, and the idea was like all, all through Europe at the time people were using bicycles in the military. It was, it was easy to get through, easy to get from point A to point B. Uh, but the U.S. hadn't been using them yet. So this was I, kind of like... like a, actual a, bicycles? Like an actual bicycle, the first bicycles. And they're not <laughs> like these like... titanium joints you see now that you can like lift up with one finger and go right. you know, 90 miles an hour. These were like steel-framed bicycles. And these dudes had to pack everything that they had, all their rations, their clothes, their, their sleeping bags, uh, their tents, all that shit, packed onto their bike. And then they biked 3,000 miles through the Alps, uh, uh, led by a white uh, brigade sergeant. But basically, they were tasked with riding these bikes to figure out whether or not these bikes were a viable source for the military to start using. And they were—they became known as the rolling anvils because that's essentially what what it was. It's just this steel-framed thing. Um, so the cycling team that he's starting is called the rolling anvils, modeled after this story. Oh. And he's trying to raise funds to do that. So our next Equality IPA beer proceeds are going to be going directly to, uh, to his fund and, and starting this team. That's but, um, so, so since we started doing this stuff, right. And we, we, we've been putting on social media. We started the scholarship. We've been fundraising we've been doing these things. I've seen, I'd say the, the, the amount of black customers we have in our tap room is over doubled easily. Okay, A lot of people that come to our tap room because I think it's, you know, I think for black people and it's probably for a lot of different parts of the community, right? LGBTQ and, and women. And they, when they know a space is about them and represents them and, and, and cares about the things that they are involved in. And it's not just a space like, Oh, we want your money too. But when they give a shit about who I am as a person, as a community, as a culture, right. Right. Um, you know, you feel comfortable in going to that space and you want to support them, especially if the beer is good and you want to be a part of that.
0: Yeah, you know? absolutely.
6: So it, it's been a noticeable change in our tap room from pre COVID to one before we started all this stuff, the stuff to post COVID now, and it's and it's, it's dope to see.
1: I think it uh, y'all probably have another boost after your little after the uh that you guys have the event.
0: It the, event the change yeah, in yeah, the air. Yeah, yeah. I can feel I it. I... In the air. Especially if you have Beanie there. So the same Yeah, I think
1: you'll see a boost from that too, because I think that once you start doing certain things and people get wind of it that's when it when it starts uh kicking in like yeah. it's just hard getting black people to listen though
0: but well, who, well who some, some of it has to do with like education like <laughs> like do you do like um I guess like series like educational series that allow like some of the brewers come in and, and like I mean and and, and just in the, in the brewery do like people like to explain what uh crap beer is what a stout is what is IPA uh takes sessions and stuff like that
6: we do so. We definitely have like a knowledgeable uh, taproom staff that'll that'll walk anybody through anything, right? And talk about, and, and that's a big part of because we do our traditional beers. We're a, we're an IPA heavy brewery, uh, but we don't do like any lactose or milkshake IPAs or, or any of that stuff. We're like pretty tra- traditional in, excuse me, in the bones of the kind of beers we make. But uh, we definitely get experimental in in our barrel aging and and, and doing that kind of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. But everything, you know, balance and drinkability and and proper process is important to us. And uh, I, mean, I, I love being on, on a team that doesn't that doesn't have to chase trends, That right? We don't chase trends as a, as a brand in terms of, well, we got to do that. Everybody's doing milkshake and lacto IPAs now. Most of us in, in the brewery don't even drink those kind of beers. It's just not our, our brand culture, and it's not the kind of styles that we, that we really care about and want to represent and want to showcase. Um, so it's cool to be able to do, like, some cool education in the sense of, like, Putting people on to what traditional good processed beer is looks like and tastes like beer that you can see through that's still got crazy big hop characteristics, but even the ones that are hazy and we like that you can't see through are still processed right. They're not like they don't have chunks in them and they don't have the floaties. There's a there's a way to do those beers that is still a well done beer. That, right? They don't,
1: no, don't have no cheese curds in
6: them. It's cheese curdless. <laughs> cheese Cur- curd free. <laughs> um, but I mean, and listen, there's a reality to. You know, beer is based on preference, right? At the end right. of the day, it's just beer, right? Yeah. So so if people like milkshake IPAs, you can't knock that. Out. There's nothing wrong with that, right? right. It's you drink what you like and, and and drink what you what you have access to and what you like. Um, for us that's just not our not our yeah. mind.
0: Right. Makes sense. That was a big uh, big thing she'd say. How can white brewers really show they care about black clientele? Welcome them, black folks on staff and donating a black cherry. There you go. Yep. Yeah.
6: Yeah, I think you know those things. Those are two things that are that are real. I mean, it, at the end of the day, it's got to be purposeful, right? It's got to be intentful. You can't just say everybody's welcome here, and then think that that's enough,
0: right? You know? It's got to kind of show it. Like, I mean, yeah, like proof try. is in the pudding, kind of thing.
6: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, people people need to see, and I think the time of like uh, silence is also an answer. You know, not doing anything is an is an answer. I think to a lot of people. Right. And uh, and. And that's why it was, for us, it was like, we didn't want to just cut a check. It needed to be a part of our our culture. It needed to be a part of the things that we do as a team and as a company that represents who we are, the bones of who we are, not just something that we cut a check to that one time. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's where that series comes in, the scholarship and all these things that are going to be long-term in the life of the brand. That's what's
0: up. I'm definitely excited to see how uh, training in the air uh, turns out.
6: Yeah, Uh, man, me too. It's uh, it's cool. We've got some... uh, some good recruits, uh, people that have done these kind of events, and and uh, teamed up with the urban uh, urban professionals network here in uh, in New Haven. It's a black uh, young professional networking group that wants to be a part of actually planning and executing the event. I think it's going to be important that uh, we got a. It's important for our committee to realize what we don't know, and right. we've done like a beer fest, right? And and it's a predominantly there's only a couple of us of color on the committee because it's a committee based in the craft brewing industry, which is obviously predominantly white. Right. So it was important to bring in some other people of color outside of the industry that knows what this event needs to look like, knows what our people want to be a part of and want to see it something like this and to make sure that it's done right. Uh, and, to, and to delegate work in a way that like make sure shit happens uh, and, and happens in a, in a very cool way and a functional way. Um, and it's exciting to, for the people that that have been wanting to come on board and and are down with what we're trying to do overall. You know,
0: that's um, dope. Now, now I do remember my my uh, my question, and, and it was, and it has it has nothing really to do with this part, but like in the years you've been in the craft beer, like do you do you home
6: Do you brew? Man, I tried homebrewing when I was when I was early into it. Eh, I'm not a good brewer, man. I, 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 it was like, I can make beer and it'll be all right. You know, it's easy to make beer. It's hard to make good beer. And right. it was like, I can make beer or I could just drink good beer. Right. It's, it's, it's one of those things. If I, you know, I'm a good gardener, I can grow vegetables that are better than what I can get at the grocery store. I'll do that. You know, and that's, that'll be my lane. But in terms of when it came to beer, it was like, all right, the brewing part's not my bag, but the, but I can interact with people. I can talk and uh, I'm passionate about beer and Talking about it in general, so sales and marketing is kind of was just a, a better fit for me, right. Right.
0: And, and I and asked that because it kind of leads more, me man. into uh my other question because I know uh Robinson Homestead, so I didn't know you if you're doing hops out there as well. And yeah. uh, I know you're a black farmer, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The
6: uh, we've got a ton of hops going out here, actually. Oh. Uh, oh. Uh, Cascade, we don't I don't brew with them, it's it's uh, they're ornamental more than anything. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> But they're dope. <laughs> <laughs> they, look, they, look, they look cool. They had accents, mm-hmm. binding, you know, cover shit. It's nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're growing, but we're growing all kinds of stuff. It's, it's kind of this uh, this mentality on on self sufficiency, right? And and my, so growing up Jamaican and where my family's from in Jamaica, we always we were always self sufficient in, in that sense because that was just a, a way of life. It wasn't it wasn't anything else. It was just the way you had to be. Um, you didn't eat meat that often unless you went into town or you have chicken because we raised chickens. But you'd go into town. We grew up in Mount James, which is like central hills of Jamaica, north of Kingston, and uh, up on a, on a mountain. And uh, you'd come down to the bottom of the mountain and go into Constant Spring Road or into into Kingston to get uh, to get meat or food and shit. But the rest of the stuff, avocado, mango, all the other vegetables we ate, we grew on our, on our property up there. Mm. Um, so coming to America now, you know, my mom always had a garden from, I'm sorry, since we moved to Connecticut when we had like land, land, you know, land. I I, yeah, my mom bought a house is when we had, uh, we had a garden. Um, so that was always just a, a thing, you know, and I had a little gardens and stuff when, when I, when I moved out, uh, but moving into this space was when I, uh, kind of, it's been three years in the making of wanting to do something much bigger and then, it keeps evolving. In COVID, last year, uh, we split our company into two teams that worked opposite weeks for the first three months of COVID, um, especially not knowing how what this whole thing was. Nobody had any real information, right? So it was like if our, if our brew team goes down or any of our staff goes down and we got to shut down for a couple of weeks, that's pretty detrimental to business. Right. So for us, we split the – we only have 30 employees, so we split the, the team right in half. So we had two directors on every team. Um, brewers, uh, packaging staff, and taproom staff all split down the middle and, and worked opposite weeks. So if anyone tested positive, that team would stay out, and the other team would, would switch mm. in, and there'd be no contact. Um, so we essentially had every other week off for the first three months. So we worked from home, but there's only so much you can really do from home. So we had like right. you know, a, a lot of time on our hands. So that's where I really got a lot of focused on wow. uh, on setting up the garden for the right. first time for real. And then it, like, snowballed, man. It's like there used to be this old pool house. Uh, there used to be an old pool in the backyard that they filled in years ago. But there was a pool house in the back. So we ripped the roof off the pool house and turned that into a greenhouse. We ripped the we converted the front half of it into a chicken coop. And uh, we got six chickens now. <laughs> it's a whole thing, man. And, uh, yeah. so I live on a half-acre lot, and about um, half of that – Acre is going to be pretty much devoted to growing space. Wow. Oh, so, you, so you got yeah. chickens
0: there? People are like, yo, these grows the over here with these chickens. <laughs> We're doing it. We're doing it.
6: But, uh, and, it and, it's, and it's true because so last year we went, what, three and a half months without buying any produce from a grocery store?
1: Oh, right? dope. Oh, that's, that's dope. dope. Yeah. And you think Jeez. about it,
6: that's huge. And especially because yeah. I had a, a bigger variety than I could get at the grocery store. And I had more abundance than I could get at the grocery
1: store. Right. Shop, right? So you, it's guaranteed gone. fresh.
6: Yeah. And you know where it's coming from. It's organic. You know, right. Like, ain't got any of that shit in it. So now it's like this, this, the movement is the goal is to build into like being able to be eight months, you know, sustainable right. in that way. And then an overgrowing in a sense, because I want it to, to be something that gives back to my community too. So the plan is for it to be this kind of like CSA for, for those in oh, need nice. and that type of things for some of the black communities here. Cause Access to fresh produce is a big problem, right, right. Um, and so the education on, on why it's important is going to be important, and, yeah. and then providing that produce, but then also providing education and the tools and equipment for people to do that on their own. Like right. you can, you can grow your own food in a small space, and you'd be surprised how much food you can grow in just a, a four by eight garden, right? You know, in a small space like that.
0: Jammies, I mean, Jammy's Farmers one, Market. One, I see it, Jammies oh, Farmers man. Market.
2: <laughs> I, mean, <man. laughs>
0: I know we haven't gotten to why, you, why your name is Jamie. Is that who calls you Jammy? Your mother or, man, or, or your lady? <laughs> I, I wish I
6: had a better. I wish I had a better uh, story for that one. It was. Uh, it's just like a, a name that came up. So Pete, the owner of Blue Point, is like this like uh, hippie Long Islander. You know, heavy Long Island accent, just like. And he's like, uh, ah, you know, our first big festival. I brought uh, a bunch of my my friends from home, like to the festival out in Long Island. And we took we took the ferry over and all went out and we're all hanging out. And he comes over to a group of us. He's like, hey, you uh, you guys, you guys are from Connecticut. You guys are all Jamies friends. You guys are Jamies buddies. <laughs> <laughs> all my friends are like, Jamie. Really? <laughs> 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 uh, had never yeah. said me before. He never like, you know, it was just one. of It was just. It just one came out of his one mouth one. and it just yeah. stuck. Yeah, my friends of yeah, you know, you, you, yeah, you he know. felt it
1: right there. It was, <laughs> it was, it was,
6: it was that him, like, time. Walked away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he walked away, and then all my friends were like, "Jamie." <laughs> <laughs> the next couple of years, it was like it was more or less a joke that people would call me Jamie because because was were yeah. calling me Jamie, and it was one of those things that just kind of stuck. Uh, yeah, on, so. yeah I mean, it, I,
0: I, I, it works. I mean, he felt it in that moment, and, and <laughs> everyone was like, "You know what? all right Jamie. <laughs> yeah. well no, you don't
6: get to choose your nicknames what they say right that's yeah, true that's right that's true that's
1: the reason why you see yoda um, <laughs> that's my actual nickname <laughs> yeah that's
0: <is> true <laughs> i mean Agnes's since birth all right um i had another question but i can't slip my mind I'm thinking about the uh the garden yeah uh, you
1: started Sorry to talk about them chickens. That's why he was like, Well, yeah, ch- he fucked yeah. you up with chickens.
0: Yeah, because I, 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 I mean, I've seen, I mean, because it's uh, Robinson Homes, I think, on IG. So I've seen, yeah. I saw the, the, the vegetables and all that stuff, but I didn't, I, didn't, I don't think I've seen the
6: chickens. So kind of like, Hey, you got chickens too? You got cows
0: back
2: there too?
6: Yeah, we haven't unveiled <laughs> that one yet because the coop's been a, a work in progress in terms of building. So we literally just finished the coop uh, last week. Uh, my girlfriend is a, uh, is an influencer of beer influencers uh jess Me on instagram um so she's and she's dope with the camera uh she does a bunch of she does all of our content creation uh at uh, at nepco as well uh-huh. um, so she's been the one like she she takes all the pictures for the robinson homestead page and, and does all that content so uh, she breaks her camera out and does uh, does the dope stuff i'm more or less just the person in it and and, and Doing the actual farming and gardening, but she's doing all the content. So she got a bunch of stuff, and uh, she's been trying to compile the right things to reveal the chicken coop. But yeah, we got six chickens in there. Up. Se- Actually, seven chickens. We're, we're only supposed to have six, but they uh, they threw in like an extra one and you buy and It's like buy. <laughs> they like, just own the box. Yeah, and they threw an like... extra chicken. Yeah, they just threw an extra chicken, and they and it comes in like a uh, like a KFC box, like, like a little. <laughs> KFC, like a six
0: piece box. <laughs> it's hilarious. Huh? They just, they just have chickens in there. Yeah. I've, I've never bought chickens. So I, I wouldn't know. So, I mean, I never bought live chickens. So. Right. right. <laughs> it's like getting an extra wing in your five piece. You know? <laughs> um, um, all right. Um, I, I think I had, I think you answered a lot of the questions I had. Cause I mean, you, yeah. talk, you I mean, the, uh, all the initiatives that, uh, New England is doing and, uh, uh how you got into the craft beer uh I mean all of it i mean the story the, i mean that shit story is, is crazy <laughs> I, I mean I never forget that story now <laughs> like, <laughs> um but yeah I mean I think I, I think you answered a lot of the questions i, I had I, how about you yo yeah um all right yeah, man. Uh, good, man. yeah once again, well once again you know, I want to thank good. uh jamal Robertson for coming through yeah. Uh for so spending some time with us today, uh, talking about uh, how he got into beer, the New England beer, uh, New England brewing. It's brewing, right? It's not brewery. It's yeah. brewing. Yeah, New England brewing. Yep. Um, uh, his, uh, how he got to become director of uh, sales and marketing, how he got into the, the, the field, Um so before we go, where
1: always... he got the name Jamie from? Right, and where so he he got go the name Jamie. So now, now,
0: so now we can't call him Jamal no more. Now he is Jamie. <laughs> like so, hey, when we Jimmy. see him at the uh, Changing the Air Festival, <laughs> we go "Hey, Jamie!" <laughs> you gotta say it like
2: you,
1: that. Dude. Are you, are you going to make it out to um to what is
0: it the First and Flow? barrel and flow Yeah. <laughs> and
1: ended the flow fest yeah flow
0: just it the flow? yeah my thing is still say but i uh, still barrel and flow but i think, I think he's shortened uh, it to flow fest shortened
1: it yeah you gonna make it out there
6: yeah that's the plan man that's the plan uh I, I think it's coming right off of the heels of cbc out in colorado uh craft beer fest uh yeah craft beer festival uh craft beer conference right happening out in denver this year uh so i'm going to that So what, second week of september um When's that, that flow Fest's Is first week the that it might, might be the, be the second week, <laughs> yeah?
1: Because I think it's on, I think it's the 10th of uh, September,
6: yeah. I gotcha.
1: want to
0: say the 10th to the 13th. Oh, I thought, yeah. I thought, um, the thing in Colorado was uh virtual today, so it's actually it's physical this year,
6: yeah. It's live this year, yeah. It's oh, the nice. uh, the week of the 17th. Oh, oh so, so, so it's the week after, so it's the week, week after, after. Yeah. all right, yeah. So yeah, flow yeah, Fest yeah. Is, uh, before, um, so yeah, I see you guys out there, man. But I appreciate you guys having me on, yeah, it's- man. This is cool. I, I checked out your other your other podcast. Y'all, y'all are hilarious, man. we try. we try. to keep it light,
0: even though sometimes we do talk. We talk a lot of uh, about uh, diversity in craft beer, but we try to keep it as well as a conversation. I mean, because who knows where that uh, I mean, that story might not have came out if we didn't ask some of these questions in terms of. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. uh, but but it's cool. Uh, but before we always like to go. We always like to know how people can find. Uh, you, uh, New England Brewing, uh, uh, anything else you want anything else? So how people can find you on these social medias?
6: Yeah, man. I'm Nebco uh, Nepco jammy on Instagram. Um, New England Brewing, uh, New England Brewing on IG. Uh, the, in my, if you'd like to donate to the scholarship, that would be dope. Uh, there's a link in my bio on Instagram that takes you right to the donation page. Um, gives a very detailed description as to what the scholarship is, what it's about, um, and what the actual brewing science program is. If you want to apply for the scholarship, if you are black and you want to be in the beer industry and you want to be a part of this scholarship or maybe get the scholarship, um, there's a couple of opportunities. We we have two annual scholarships now going a year while we're building this endowed fund. Um, so if you go on there, the next cohort doesn't start till next May. Class is in session now, but there's an application process on there. You have to apply for the program and then you can apply for the scholarship uh,
0: right online. Yeah, oh, So that, that actually was my, my question, how people can help with the scholarship, but how can they also help with the, the,
6: the endowment piece? How can, can they help with that as well? Yeah, the endowment is what you're donating to. So okay. the annual scholarship is, is funded, and we okay. pay for that as a brand, but the endowed scholarship is what we're raising funds oh, for. Oh, nice. Right. Right. And every dollar of that counts, man. Um, and it's been cool. In the last six months, we've raised 40 k towards our 50 k goal, and uh, the Change in the Air Festival is going to hopefully be another big fundraiser for that festival right. while also doing, doing bigger things as a, as a whole. Uh, so kind of hitting two prongs there, but, um, yeah, please donate, donate, donate. Absolutely. Uh,
0: you've you heard it here. Donate, donate to, uh, <laughs> to, to, uh, New England, uh, Brewing's, uh, initiative and, uh, make sure that we can, uh, th- so uh, I guess one day we'll see that, uh, endowment, uh, scholarship popping up uh, where they have over $250,000 and, uh, I that I mean cuz endowments are uh, I mean hey I think uh Harvard has like a billion dollar endowment but uh, uh <laughs> so it's uh it's dope the dope the mission that uh uh you were on and uh, everybody who's a part of that um, cuz you said it was it was not it was not it started off as just uh New England but it, it became more of a uh uh Connecticut type based of involvement I think we had uh, somebody drinking athletic beer uh the other day last week I think yeah, somebody was drinking week? uh athletic so shout out to uh and, and two roads we always have somebody drinking something from two roads as well so shout out to all yeah. of them as well um all right uh yo uh how can people find you
1: you can find me on instagram at i m 302 yoda
0: all right and, and again i want to shout out uh uh dev drinks craft beer and uh, lou belgium uh hope that's we, actually
1: craft brew isn't
0: it yeah dev creed yeah, it is. <laughs> <brings Crabbrew>. Fucking <laughs> for I know they are are, are uh, having good vacations. Uh, I think one's out in Vegas and uh, I don't remember where Lucy was going, um, but uh, uh, hopefully they're having a good one. And I think they will be back uh, next week. Um, uh, if you want to check out Bruising Banner podcast, you can watch Bruising, you can check out Bruising Banner podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can listen to the podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can even say, "Alexa, play Bruce and Banner podcast." Because we are on Amazon Music, uh, uh, even iHeart and Pandora, and uh, like I said, everywhere you listen <laughs> to podcasts. But I would like to make sure. Because I don't say Pandora enough, and I don't even listen to it on Pandora, because I always forget Pandora has podcasts, but they do. Right. <laughs> yeah, me too. So if you were ever listening to Pandora, and you want to be like, hey, let me, let me go and watch, listen to the podcast, even on uh, Spotify, because Spotify now has uh, a podcast playlist, uh, I heard. Uh, and uh, I guess we are on Anchor, uh, so we are part of that uh, Spotify team, Maybe. I guess. <laughs> Um, if you want to also buy merch and check out more of what bruising brand here is doing you can go to www.bruisingbanter.com. yeah uh, you can find uh, you can find merch and all the episodes that we've done in the past and uh, well, uh you'll definitely find this on Tuesday uh, or if you listen to it now if you listen to it on Tuesday hey welcome <laughs> welcome to Tuesday <laughs> and, and, and
1: also uh don't forget about the uh Delaware beer fest in October on October 9th. You can uh, actually get 10% off a ticket by using the uh, Brew Crew uh, promo code. That's right. And what's the website they got to
0: go www.delawarebeerfest.com. There you go. E- easy peasy. Easy it is, yeah, uh, come it. and hang out with the fellas as we uh, at Belfont uh, Brewing here in Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, come hang out. Uh, there's a lot of breweries that are working, I think, a lot of tickets are going fast, and it's already it's on. It starts. It's in October, but uh, they are actually starting to sell a lot of the via, uh, a lot of the tickets now, and it's it's in July. So definitely come hang out with us and get ten percent off. Uh, I mean, the, the price, the ticket price is actually already pretty pretty reasonable. And if you can save uh, money, always check that out for sure. Um, if you want to follow me, Rob G, Rob Stay Bruising is right there. <laughs> I'm always good at that. Now. <laughs> so <funny>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not, hate' I'll be hating. Um, I'm not. I'm not. Oh, you can. Uh, you can always check this out on YouTube. Remember to smash that, smash that like button, uh, and subscribe. notification. Hit that notification button so when it does drop, always on Facebook as well. Um, this has been episode 126. Again, I want to thank Jamal Robinson of New England Brewing. Yes, thank you. We'll it, and next time, Until next time. Peace. next time.
6: DJ Durant! Hey, Castro, go, go
2: Yeah. So
1: we gone. Huh? Stop. We good. Stop. Chill. We own scale Let's go, let's go, Demigo, let's go Take, let's go, Set, let's
2: roll, hey. strainin', strainin', strainin',
1: Yeah. straight, strainin', strain', so strain', yo,
5: don't not get strain but, hey. but strainin', don't not get strain but strainin', don't not get strainin' but strain'
2: straight
4: on western tribal like culture and so even your um even your successes your failures it's not just about you it's a reflection on the village on the tribe yeah. on yeah. the community okay and so i do think a, a aspect of this is like that aspect of being in, being from a non western culture and the fact that even your successes don't belong to you like i joked about like Sending my degrees home for my parents from the living room, but that's actually not beyond. Yeah, it's their you degree. Know. It's not yours.
5: It's yeah, their degree. It's yeah. the yeah. whole It's, their still. Still. it's yep. everybody, everybody.
4: You know, everyone mm-hmm. celebrates in your successes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and so I that's think cool. that's part going back to the whole example that was given about, specifically about Wendy from House of the Potomac. I think that's part that's of it true. is like understanding that it, it is both the the blessing and the challenge of being. From that type of culture, mm-hmm. um, because I do think that there is a space for like autonomy and a space for agency and a space for you being able to pursue, you know, the thing that you know you were uniquely created for um, mm-hmm. outside of the pressures of what other people want for you. But there's mm-hmm. also there is also a joy in you know again that you have like you know this cloud of witnesses and these people you know in a village and ancestors you know who are who are rooting for you and supporting you and invested. Yeah. you know, in yeah. your flourishing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's, um, it's that, it's that tension between the two. Um, um, and I, and I do think some of it is, was, again, just going back to like, how are people trying to, you know, think about, you know, how to survive and how to do so in a way that lessened, you know, one, I think just the trauma of immigration. Like, I mm-hmm. think that there's a lot, you know, I think I don't know if you've, any of y'all have read the book, The Warmth of Other Suns by Isabel Wilkerson or are familiar with that book, but it mm-hmm. kind of documents the, um, the, um, the migration of Black folks from the South to you mm-hmm. know, Chicago and you know, New England and to the West. But mm-hmm. you know, one of the things she talks about is how that generation of Black folks, they're just things that they just did not discuss about what happened. You know, during those times. And I think that there's a part of immigration, even though the immigrant story is often taught as, like, I'm so happy to be here. And, you know, I put myself up on my bootstraps and look at me, look at my kids and blah, 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 whatever. Like, I think there's some trauma that's probably there in terms of, yeah. like, having to leave home
2: mm-hmm. and
4: having to leave, in some cases, family members and leave what you know and leave, like, the place from which you came to this new place where you may or may not know people. And, like, I even think about, you know, now as an adult, like, my parents did not know how to raise kids in America. They literally did not know how to raise. Hi mom, if you're watching, but my mom's birthday. Hey mom. Happy birthday. birthday. (laughs) But you know, but, but really like they had no experience of like what it would be to raise children from their bodies that, but that were, you know, in this other culture and different language and, you know, things like Mm -hmm. that. So, um, so I think it's, it's, yeah, I think it's, it's all, it's a, it's a, a whole mix of, um,
0: yeah, of those things. Good. Mm-hmm. Great answer. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I, nice I, I, knew my, I knew my official question would throw it all the way off from the, no, the documentary. It's right. but, <laughs> <laughs> but I thought people should know that I mean it it's uh, it's it's more than just uh, just doing a yeah. documentary. You have a lot of a lot of hats, a lot of layers, and so so Netflix is definitely there's a lot no. of ideas in there that she needs mm-hmm. to put on
5: <laughs> you should just start DMing them every day. Just DM them <laughs> yeah. every day.
0: Yep. every day i <laughs> i'm just, yeah. just ta- tagging in every post like netflix, That's what's up I love it. <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah, yeah. I'm still here now I'm still here on netflix it's not 2 hours now it's, it's 8 I'm 8 hours in <laughs>
0: <laughs> right I, and and i think and, I, and i'm sure they're listening now cuz this except the the the, the success of high on the hog and there's other documentaries yeah. like that they really say well people are actually watching this and want to yeah. know more about it uh, yeah. so i think i think that is definitely like you get yeah. you get the right person to the story, then they'll. uh yeah. and, I, and I think I it, this, now that, now that I see this I, this this documentary can't start without being in Nigeria first, right? Aww. Yeah. Just, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you got to be where your grandmother was.
3: Oh. Uh, yeah. You gonna you want to ask her that, or are you just kind of throwing that out there? Like well, no, I, was, I
0: was just me. I was just throwing. Okay. out. There. Well,
3: <laughs> but speaking of that, like so. Um, so something, and I'm just going to relate this to music. So something that we do um, as a, as, a, as a musical artist, we do uh, a show that's called 90s Kind of Love to Pay Homage to mm. 90s-style music and soundtracks, right? So we do that here in Philadelphia. Um, mm. And I was going to ask you for, like, from a documentary or making films, you know how much how important music and mm-hmm. things connect mm-hmm. you with it. Mm-hmm. So how... Are you planning to infuse music mm-hmm. into the documentary? I
4: Love and- that question because music is huge. It's huge. Mm-hmm. It's huge for a few reasons. It's huge because for me, mm-hmm. um, because a huge <laughs> and because music music features so prominently. One, it's 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 important to me. Second, because it's really important to Brie. Um, yes. for, so for instance, this is this is um, this is just a empty like can that Brie signed for me a while ago. Um, it's from one of her other beers called Pirate Jenny. Um, okay. So this one, that's a Nina Simone song, right? right. Oh, um, yes, yeah. She has another beer, Don Dada, uh, I think it's a a cardamom stout. Okay. And so that's from Super Cat, you know, yeah. um, she has, oh gosh, I feel like, but music is super like central in mm-hmm. Bree's creative process in terms of how she brews. Mm. And music is always on, usually when she's brewing. So we actually right. started like a Spotify list that at some point I'll put up on the in site. The but it's um all the songs that either are um in for, you know, that come out of her beers or that are playing whenever we're shooting. Mm-hmm. Um so for instance, like one of them is um Fela's um, you know, um, you know, Fela's, uh, water, no enemy. Um mm-hmm. so she always plays that because of all the water she has to use whenever
5: she's exactly. making beer. <laughs> right, um,
4: right so
5: um oh, you gotta have a soundtrack and, <laughs> that's a soundtrack in the, in the and right there. um
4: and so even like for instance i remember one really really cool moment was when um the the i guess 2019 was the year that rhapsody's album eve came out so rhapsody yeah. is a rapper from snow hill north carolina mm-hmm. um works um with uh as part of jamla records ninth mm-hmm. wonder who's in durham oh, yeah. and um you know cooley high all that and so when I started shooting was kind of when Eve came out and Eve is, you know, pretty much an homage to black women. Yeah, and yeah. so that has been kind of like the unofficial, like official soundtrack for me um, during this whole production because I'm always listening to it. I'm playing mm-hmm. it all the time. Like mm-hmm. I literally was like in the car driving Rocky Mountain to shoot with Bree. And I walked into the brewery, and she had a plan on her, mm-hmm, you
5: know, uh-huh. on her speakers. Are like, oh, you going like, to talk to her, You going to have rhapsody in the the production <laughs> as well? Rhapsody. Yeah. If <laughs> you're <laughs> listening, her, 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 her name is
4: Marlene, I believe. Hi, Marlena. <laughs> right. Um, I, I I can't. I, I don't know. I would I I would love to have some of that music. Um, if we can get, sure. you know, clear, saying, right? clear, it seems like it, con- it seems like it, be, it has licenses, to be now. It's such a big
5: part of you and uh, you and your uh, you y'all. Know, y'all, y'all will figure
3: awesome. it out. Like you,
5: yeah. You, you just you make some requests. Like, yeah, yeah you got to write some contract. Well, Rob and, like, told me yeah. only thir- if you play it for 30 seconds, it's legal. No. As long as there's it's a, less than 30 seconds.
4: I would, uh, need, I would need more than 30,
5: but, you know. Yeah, I know, <laughs> right, right, right. 30 seconds <laughs> at a time. On, 30, 30
4: seconds money.
0: in the beginning, 30-second clips. I did not say that. I,
4: say, <laughs> I didn't
5: say you was a that lawyer. That is not
4: legal advice for anybody watching. Rob. Consult, your, consult your copyright lawyer. But, right. um, but yeah, the music is going to be very um, significant. Even, like, um, so the name Ooh, of Bree's nice. um, brewery, Spaceway, is mm-hmm. an homage to her um, to Afrofuturism, and awesome. so she's very much into Sun Ra. Um, I don't know if mm-hmm. any of y'all heard of him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So he's kind of coined and, and credited as being kind of um, one of the kind of patron saints of of Afrofuturism, um, okay. and so yeah. um, and he actually has a song, mm-hmm. and I think the lyrics are "We travel the spaceway from planet to planet." And okay. so that's how she. That's part of how um, what, what led to the yes. creation you of know, Spaceway. Well, so, yeah. so anyway, the the short, long answer is music is is very significant. And again, like Rocky Mount, home home um, home of uh Thelonious Monk or when, mm-hmm. where Thelonious Monk was born. Um, and so just a huge, in North Carolina in general. There's just a huge legacy of, jazz of all kinds of. I mean, jazz, bluegrass, Jay Cole, Pepe <laughs> P- P- P-
0: Pablo. <laughs> he's Pablo, Tasia, Double J, Pablo, right?
4: <laughs> yes. Laken? Right.
5: Listen, keep on going, girl. Hey. Yes. J. Cole, <laughs> oh, you know, yep.
4: So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, lots of yeah. The really, baby, <laughs> really strong. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, I see musical roots, so I'm, and I'm excited about That's that true. actually.
0: So. That's um, nice. am excited to see this this project come to come mm-hmm. together and. See the final so hopefully we're at- what do
4: yeah, what do you guys want what do y'all what's interesting? I mean, as beer enthusiasts and folks who spend time talking and thinking about like these intersections and conversations around really around race and beer, like what are some things that you know you want to see or you know, I'm, things I'm since we started
5: here? for me, since we started the podcast, this has been my whole beer journey. So I didn't know mm-hmm. I was a Coors like Nicolou Ultra type mm-hmm. of guy before the podcast. So um non-craft beer. And then, like I mentioned earlier, we went to Montclair Brewery and it just was like an explosion of
2: mm-hmm. Black
5: knowledge in beer. So I'm just interested for your uh, documentary to see the intersection of Black people, beer, and craft. And like, I, I love the craft of it all. Mm-hmm. So, and the fact it's that... True. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> like, Dev's, like Dev says, we're all creative people, and yeah. Blackness is a, mm. is creative. Mm. And to see that we started it, and to know like now that we started out, I, I walk with my head a little bit higher mm. when I'm in white breweries or in white spaces that have beer, because yeah. you're copying from, you're taking from my stuff. Mm. Whereas mm-hmm. before, I was kind of trepidatious, like, oh, this is y'all, I'm, I'm intruding on your territory, and it's like, no, I'm here listen to me, like hear, see me, you know what I mean? And I give it to Rob, like Rob never had that issue <laughs> with beer. Like I was like, I don't, the beer is good. I don't care how many <laughs> black people are there. I, that, but but knowing with that, with his knowledge of that and then having the knowledge that it is a black experience as well. Like that gets me uh hyped for all this shit. And then knowing that every single time we have a guest that loves black people in craft beer, they bring up a uh, fresh fest shit. Um, and it's, it's really like the Mecca uh, of black beer is uh day and Mike where it, it, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I just always want to give people their flowers mm-hmm. and let them know while I'm learning, like, I appreciate you. Like, and then everybody's so nice. Like you reach out to Aww. people from nowhere. Like, I don't know you and you just say, Hey, you want to come on the podcast? And six weeks later, they're on the podcast. Like people mm-hmm. are just so nice I and mean, in it, the community. Yeah, you know, for sure. So y'all can yeah. go ahead, but that was my.
0: Well, that. Well, I'm, a, a, I'm always big, I'm always big on journeys. I love I love journey stories. Like yeah, even yeah. Uh, like even like in a, any anything I watch, I like to see the the, the growth and the, the journey and, and yeah. how it all kind of started. So that's what I said. Now. And I need you to have be have dirt in your hand in Nigeria, like this is <laughs>
5: just the start. To, dirt. Yeah, <laughs> start. Right. This water, this sorghum, yeah. Here's
0: the soil. the scene.
4: A black,
5: a, a black woman's a hand
4: support. squeezing There's the dirt. falling between you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
2: right, right.
5: That's how I set <laughs> up the shot. That's you it. It too. From the That's why she need the grip. She need that best boy in that grip, bro. Like we coming down there. All we want is free tickets. We got passports.
1: Oh man! Yeah, yeah. Free free yes, passports. If you, you want
5: some, to... pre-produc- some pre-production in North Carolina, yes, just give me a Greyhound bus ticket. I'm fine with that. That's fine. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Put him, on,
3: put him on Mega Bus. There you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's,
5: uh, it's a dollar Mike with t- the asterisk It's a dollar the with the asterisk I take
3: him a day and a half, but he got. He do
5: Listen, you you leave on Wednesday. You get there on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know what I mean it stops
5: the mega bus got between Philly and Light.
0: Jeez, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> all for 20
3: all for 29
0: dollars.
5: <laughs> yeah, it's still, look but they put a dollar they put a dollar with the little asterisk <laughs> on the thing like it's only a dollar right. asterisk. Right. <laughs> but it's still like you the charge is, what you say, 23? It's exactly. like that's good. That's right. that's good. Oh, I got 18,000 stops in between, but you know, I'm gonna get there. I'll get there. Yeah. See, next week, I had to take off for 18 days. <laughs> for a
4: one-day trip.
3: <laughs> a one-day trip. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. What else?
4: What else, So y'all? For,
3: for me, so Lou and Rob uh, gave great summaries, and I would just piggyback off of that and say that very similar to me, like I, uh, just from starting the brew journey probably, you know, five years ago, um, um, fused with the mindset of, uh, and I have this saying that I share with the guys or the crew all the time that you know, I do move like I'm privileged um in in any space a uh, resident because, white man <laughs> <laughs> just because, um, I just feel like that you know i'm i'm'm I'm, I, I, I should be accepted wherever I go. It probably would have got me in it probably would have got me in a lot of trouble. Um, had I come up in the times of, you know, of John Lewis and other other people. So I'm thankful
0: that I was not born in that generation. i <laughs> so would we'll
5: be dead now. <laughs> well, <laughs> for that, for
0: that, <laughs> I allowed, I allowed <laughs> you to feel that way, because I'm sure back then you probably wouldn't even thought about it. No. <laughs>
3: well, right. Um, so, you know, that's kind of just my mantra that that, you know, and then just from this podcast and meeting so many, uh, you know, prominent and, and powerful people. Um out of the podcast, we've 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 grown um stronger and more connected, the four of us as crew members, brew crew members. Um, but now we're invited to spaces and to actually take part in more things that are uh community driven. Um you know, and just to just to spark off of it, we've we are now, you know, on this journey of you know diversity, equity, and inclusion in the in the beer community just through our own uh you know act, active you know right you know like kind of roles and responsibilities that you know we 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 want to take lead or we want to take ownership of what what part can we do? What what is it that we, that we can do more of so um we we we're enjoying this journey.
5: Yeah. I feel like I feel like yeah. that last five ten minutes that we just said should be on the documentary and we should have credits rolling.
3: Okay. <laughs> we can raise hand. that
5: we yeah, can raise definitely. that uh, right. See, hey, right. hey, you they heard
4: happen. it. Yes, that's,
5: that's, that's
3: it. We definitely right. gonna be yeah, in yeah.
4: Nigeria, baby. <laughs> right. Right. Let me get my, my IMDB updated.
2: Right.
3: Right. right, and as you, right. as you, as you, as, you took, <laughs> as you said, as you took notes with how it was articulated, I do would like, I would like to like incorporate what you're doing for your funding in the message that uh, we're presenting to. Uh, breweries awesome. here locally on uh, how, how they should support because Thank again y'all. that's the conversations and meetings that we're actually you know e- you know embarking on right now to say that you know this this belongs to us and it needs to, it needs to be heard and and I think that you know just look people we, we're we we're all people we, we all need to be educated every day um it doesn't just stop from you know uh, a in a classroom or in a yeah. The, the school of hard knock life is, is the best teacher. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a message spreader. Uh, and I think that's why we, you know, are all this, on this podcast together.
4: No, oh, thank y'all. Thank y'all so, thank y'all so much. I appreciate that. And I yeah, really, yeah. um, yeah, I hope the impact is, I mean, there's a lot of things I want to see in terms of impact, but I, I think the most important thing for me from this project is that it's not the last you know Ooh, documentary yes. that comes out. You know, yeah. I, I am so excited about seeing how blackness is being centered in conversations around food and food ways and you know Hind the Hog, even um I don't know if you guys have checked out for the culture. Mm. Um Miss Harris, she's in um, oh, yeah, the she's
5: hog. In, yeah, she is. She's in the um, first episode. I this, to say, that familiar. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> this is um for the culture, the magazine selling celebrating black women and femmes and food and wine. Okay. Um okay. and awesome. it's just it's just beautiful and amazing. Um and um you know, even is that a
5: local or, magazine
4: no it's um they're just um i think i found them on either twitter or instagram i can't remember how i came across okay. it okay. um but if you just google for the culture you can order it um but yeah. it's beautiful and definitely encourage folks to support and um
3: so in that uh, are they like well, just short summaries um or our uh, histories like what, what if you were to briefly just like 30 seconds tell us what you what you can tell us about that magazine like what is mm. it capture?
4: Beautiful art magazine that has in-depth articles, recipes, okay. um, features. Okay. um uh, you know gorgeous photography? Is it um, a monthly, quarterly? Um, this is issue. This is issue one, and I have right. to ask. I'd have to, and, and oh, it has interviews, too. Here you go with I all these collectors'
5: to... editions. You stay with a collectors' edition.
4: <laughs> but um, <laughs> he got the yes. white Lady
5: bottles. She got the but, uh, Jenny yeah. Penny. Okay.
4: I can't remember. I think she might be based in Atlanta, but I'm not okay. sure. Either Atlanta okay. or maybe somewhere in Texas. Yeah. Thank um you. but yeah, but encourage y'all. It's beautiful and it's yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, that, um but yeah, I even like even that, like that, this- that's
0: between a bam and a, and a sweet potato. She's the one that yes, tells you. Oh, yes. I was like
5: I was like, that's that's where it is, Rob. Thank <laughs> you, sir. I was like, that Lady look familiar as hell. <laughs>
4: wisdom, wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but yeah, I think that has been also kind of the the other big open- I mean I've, obviously this for me is my entree into kind of this world has been specifically through beer and craft beer and what I'm focused on but it has been really encouraging to learn and educational just to learn about you know even like learning about bow and arrow and like yeah. the history of you know indigenous folks you know and you know who have been in this country for you know time immemorial, and yeah. so much that i didn't know um right. and um so it's been so yeah so it's just been um a joy and yeah mm-hmm. i hope that you know there are other documentaries and other projects and films that also are are coming out and Wanna support and want to support
5: y'all as much am I can as well. So awesome. Yeah. awesome. What, what um what I got a couple more questions, Rob? I'm sorry. This what, is so good. <laughs> this is so good. What, what you said you said you, you're on this documentary now, but you got so many in the pipeline. What is your uh what is like your dream documentary? Like do Ooh. you have that? Is that already done done? No, it's it already my, in your mind rather. Yeah, it's in my mind. Epic. Yeah, that's her epic. She told me. Yeah, epic. that's what I'm saying. Do, mm-hmm. you already you have that one? Is it mm-hmm. You already know. Okay, Do you want to yeah. talk about it or you want to keep. it? I mean, it
4: I guess. It. I mean, I probably shouldn't, but I'm, I'm don't don't do it.
5: it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't <laughs> like you're it. like, supposed yeah. to
4: talk about your stuff. Yeah, it. keep, keep but, that um, to yourself
5: until you're ready. If you don't yeah, want to talk yeah, about it, yeah. you're
4: fine. Um, yeah, it's 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 been percolating for a while, and so mm-hmm. it's gonna. It's one of those things where it's just the, you know the time, particularly yeah. because of you know this belongs to us. is kind of on the front burner right now, but yeah, it's it's definitely um it's there in the percolator and um yeah and also just trying to be open. To anything anything related to you know, this belongs to us that kind of comes up and develops. Um, yeah. but yeah,
5: what's, uh, what's no. your favorite style of beer? We didn't ask that.
4: Well, since you brought Uh-oh. it up, sir, <laughs> let's go back <laughs> to the beginning.
6: IPA, IPA,
4: yes, team No, I, no, like, team no, I no. IPA double, I'm like a double, triple IPA, kind yes, of gal. Yes. imperial. Yes, yes. All yes. the things. So yes. you hand
5: clapping yes. and snapping and everything. You <laughs> backing yes, that whole yes, shit up. Yes, that, yes. No, stop it.
4: Double, Come on, little, double, good
5: for you <laughs> I
3: y'all. made a package what? for you this morning. That it don't you matter what your package set. is, man. But wait, I was I was so tempted to put this IPA in there just to oh
4: <laughs> <laughs> I would
3: have I would have sipped it. I definitely would What is? what's
4: sipped your it. what's your favorite style?
5: I like fruited sours. I like Uh, lagers, pilsners.
4: Mm -hmm. I'm coming
5: around to that. I was. Don't hot bomb me. Don't bomb me no, with I, I
4: agree. I think some people would get a little carried oh, away me. with yeah. some of that, and I'm not into oh, seasons on whole, And you know what? what hazy, IPAs, hazy thing. I'm not. I'm not understanding the hazy thing either. Well,
5: IPAs, I don't understand how they smell so fucking good. They're the they're the best smelling beers, and they don't taste like that at all. At no, all. No, like no, that, that strawberry, that strawberry banana he had smells great. I know it did. It doesn't taste like really no good. goddamn strawberries, bananas.
2: Yeah, it, it does, 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 does. It does. does, 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 does well, wow. I get it it Strawberry, like Strawberry right.
5: banana,
0: and hops. <laughs> <laughs> well that, that's fine. But that's that's all of them. That's uh, no, I said. No, I said no. it was a well balanced beer. Yeah, you <laughs> did. You, you got to really. I mean, it's like wine. Like like some people said, they 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 didn't like wine till they got to uh, till they went to a wine tour and and, yeah. and um and yeah. then they really appreciated the notes. So maybe you just got to really instead of going in like I don't like IPAs, you just gotta so skip I, it.
5: I, you already know me. Mm-hmm. I'll never say never. But I ain't had an IPA that's on the path. That's on the and the top ten. Like ain't no IPAs made my top ten yeah. yet.
3: Maybe That's what you should, maybe this is a maybe I'll this taste is a small though. Tester. I'm not afraid to taste them. By the way, this is maybe this is a tester. You probably should go down a range of different style high IPAs. Like yes. you probably could do a flight, right? You should go with your traditional West Coast. You should do your East Coast. You should do a hazy. You should do a, a, a like a double dry hop. And don't 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 try to mix it with all these other things, because you're then your palate is going to probably lean toward like the sours that you already write. You probably should just go down just a a good list of just IPAs, different versions and variations and see if there's one that you find. Because I do favor more of the the double dry hop um, and Mm -hmm. the the hazy Mm -hmm. where the the West Coast, um, it is more piney floral Mm -hmm. to where like I might just have one of them. Yeah, uh, in a day versus yeah. several of the other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean,
2: I mean
5: I'll, I'll take your, I'll take your word for it. I'll try. It, but, yeah, you know. and
4: sours have grown on me because I was definitely anti-sour for a very long time. But yeah. I've had some really, really nice. Um, and
5: you know what? To be honest, the beer taste ain't really my thing. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. sour and sours... Yeah, Kool-Aid sweet Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid sweet tea. I'm a I'm a southern man by heart. He Kool <laughs> Kool-Aid sweet tea. Like put a little bit of sugar, I mean a, a little bit of water and a whole lot of sugar. <laughs> I learned, and we got ourselves. And like you like want carbonated? We got that lemonade. We seen out of lemon like the modern house party, You're right? In the house right. Party. right. When your it was like, he ain't doing like, 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 oh, wrong. What, what, like, yeah, what are you doing? He <laughs> ain't <laughs> <laughs> doing wrong. I knew exactly what was happening when I seen that. That wasn't funny. That
0: wasn't a joke. You like? That was
2: life.
0: I made my teeth hurt too. I made my teeth hurt when I seen that scene. No, I made my
2: teeth? <laughs>
0: That's right.
5: what you did. Did. You give me some more. <laughs>
3: give me some more like bus.
5: Right. <laughs> right. Um,
3: all right. Um, I do
5: have one more question. hit him you with did, it. Anyway. you being from North Carolina earlier you mentioned before we got on Tar Heels whatever and then you mentioned that you went to uh Duke for uh graduate school. Oh. Great. Uh so what what do you uh prefer? Blue Devil or Tar Heel? So Say the for, right answer. First, so it's first only of one all... right answer.
4: First There's of one all, right yes. Yeah, so first of all, yeah. So, so I do live in North Carolina.
2: Mm.
4: Although I was from Maryland, but I do live in North Carolina. Mm. I am a double Tar Heel. Mm. To be clear, undergrad in mm. law school.
2: Mm. Okay. Okay.
4: Okay. Okay. And, okay. Keep going. Keep keep going. And, uh, keep and going. my and my certificate mm. in doc- in documents from Duke. Okay. So we've got the BA and the JD from Carolina, and then we got the certificate. Okay. So okay. my my loyalty should be clear.
5: Right, I don't know. Right. I don't know. It seems like the last thing you got, you you went to Duke. So
4: no, I'm definitely, I'm I'm definitely a double target. I definitely mellowed out. You know, as you get older, you mellow, yeah, you know, if you are in college, yeah. you know, and it's, it's like hardcore, you know, <laughs> hardcore. You're like, ah, I hate you. Yeah. You know, it's like it's crazy. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah, it's like so. You know, you get. caught so you up definitely in wasn't.
5: You definitely were immersed in that whole. Yeah, I've never I never
4: burned no cars on Franklin Street, none of that. Cause I'm like, I, I gotta That's graduate. Too much. I gotta That's graduate. Good. Y'all like, ain't yeah. y'all ain't like up. They off. would definitely pick the out. They, they, saw be you burning, no. they saw you burning. They saw
5: you burning. I could yeah. guarantee.
4: Ain't that nobody you jumping through no fire. Yeah. No, <laughs> Franklin yeah. Street, no. But I definitely I like, can... running, like running down a Franklin Street, you know. Yeah, 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 for sure. No, I was there. Yeah, we had definitely had some some national championships when I was in. I believe when I was in law school um, there. And so, um, but yeah, definitely, definitely a double Tar Heel, even though they'd be messing up.
5: They do. They do. They do. (laughs)
4: <laughs> the university brackets up, uh,
3: making but, brackets up.
4: But when it comes to which which shade of blue, it's definitely the lighter shade of blue. In that household.
5: ain't even a real blue, you know that, right? That's not I'll even.
4: It. All right, so it's time. All right,
5: guys. I got the. You know, that's why I made it my last questions and moves. <laughs> I got the those <laughs> uh, basketball shorts upstairs with the Jordan yes, logo on the thing, baby. Yes. <laughs> About to bring on my Duke hoodie real quick. Oh, oh my no! Guy, my, my John baby, Shire. With my <laughs> John Shire <Yeah>. jersey <laughs> really
0: showing <fell> out. <laughs> yes. Oh man! Go ahead, Rob. Um, All right. He's gonna uh, follow uh, the cinema. Yeah, uh, I want to thank again uh, Tina Diver for coming on the podcast. Aww, thank, y'all. thank you so much. Thank
2: you.
0: Uh, before we go, we always like to know how people can find, find yes. you on. iTunes. Uh, all IG, social media, uh, how they can support the uh, the project. Uh, shout out yep. to Netflix um, <laughs> and, and all that good stuff.
4: <laughs> it's about to be a thing. I can't Hulu, wait to Hulu, see. Amazon. I cannot wait to see what happens. Um, so the to follow this belongs to us. We are at this belongs to us. All in word on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And then um, you can go to thisbelongs to uscom If you want to support the project, our fiscal sponsor is the Southern Documentary Fund. And mm-hmm. so you can go to southerndocumentaryfund.org slash this hyphen slash belong slash to hyphen or to us. Or you just go to the southerndocumentaryfund.org and just search for us. Um, and those are, I think, all the ways to, yeah, to support and to follow and to keep in touch with all of the, the developments of the project.
2: Awesome. All yeah. Right. And I hope to
4: see cool. I mean as soon as you know as I we figure out how to emerge, um mm-hmm. I hope to see folks. I haven't figured out what my, my, my festival plan schedule is gonna be for the fall, but hope to see folks mm-hmm. in real life. Yeah well, um we'll be at it's, it's safe to do fest safe to do so. We'll, so.
0: we'll be at flow fest. Cool Bar- barrels and flow.
4: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He called it <laughs> flow fest though. That's what that's what he called it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> all right, Lou. Uh Lou
5: Belgium, I'm on them Instagrams.
3: Dev, you can find Dev on Instagram at Dev Drinks Craft Brew. Mm-hmm. Look at that, door right. There you go. Oh,
2: practicing, practicing. Wow, that's right. That's right.
3: Opposite, yeah, just think
0: opposite, opposite direction. Um, yeah, goofy, it's goofy <laughs> foot. That's that's goofy foot from the Nintendo <laughs> days. Yeah. Yeah. Uh shout out to three oh two Yoda. He had technical difficulties. He did want to jump on, but he no. did not make it. Um uh but if you wanna to... Oh that's now <laughs> now I said technical difficulties and then had them I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my bad. i brought the te- i brought the retrograde back up oh, right. <laughs> uh, technology's and uh, retrograde that was funny uh, if you want to follow bruising band podcast you can check us out on instagram facebook and twitter uh you can listen to the podcast on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts you can even say alexa play bruising band podcast because we're be on amazon music as well definitely Check us out on YouTube and Facebook. Remember to smash that like button. Smash the it. Smash um, the like button. Or you can just go to www.bruisingbanter. You can check out all the links to the podcast and the merchandise and the social media pages, all that good stuff. Um, if you want to follow me, Rob G, it is Rob stay Bruising right there. Um, <laughs> That's a
2: good.
0: And if you are in Delaware, June 19th, we have a, a caravan at Christina Park definitely come and check us out um I think that is uh that's that's it, it.
3: Sorry, guys that's
0: alright he's back <laughs> um <laughs> until next time this has been episode 123 a Bruiser Man of Bruising Matter Podcast once again I want to thank T-New Diver for coming on This Belongs to Us definitely check out the project until next time
5: have a good week peace. everyone
0: peace, <laughs>
2: peace. <laughs> I like her energy Her
0: energy is great Yeah man